Indie Left, what is happening here? To check out independentleft.news. The Indie News Network. Indie Left News. Oh, hey, Indie Left. Independentleft.news. Great work. Indie Left News. The Independent Left. No, yeah. you know what we're doing? We're world building indie. Uh, indie. Indie left news. You were doing uh, the INN in recruiting. Indie news. Independent left news. Shout out to independent left news. Check out independent left news. At Kennedy News. I see indies in the chat. Hi, indie. Okay, great. Bye. Okay, we're doing okay, it. Hi. hi, hi. Oh, there's three of us. Look at that. Hi, hi everybody. Three. Wait, oh Trace I, people? I, I, I I messed up on this one on the What'd vertical. What'd you mess up? No, on the vertical side. It's it's oh. that's my ah, that's all right. Yeah. I'm just gonna Ain't stop nobody the watches the vertical. Nope. Well it's not you streaming, know? so I was just gonna record it, but all right. So <laughs> hi everybody. We're hot. We are hot. So this is how do we miss that? I've got we've this is Reef and and, and Indy, so you see us up there. We've got Tatami with us. Yeah. Hi, hi, Tatami. Say hi. Hi. So, uh, I'm, I'll just do like a brief intro, but uh, I've known Tatami for a few years, basically from watching her streams. It started, and we became friendly, and then we started INN, and we reached out to her because she had a pretty cool channel and said, "Why don't you join INN?" She's like, "Yeah, cool." And um, why don't you yeah. tell them tell them a little about a little about you? Um, basically, I'm just a person who has a lot of opinions about a lot of things that happen around, uh, around me. And I feel like a lot of my politics are more common sense and people led. But I also feel like it's a conversation I like to have in my diary channel, where I just talk with people about modern politics and get a grasp of what other people who are working people like me are thinking so i really like to give my perspective but i also love to learn from other people beautiful good to good good to see you here and i'm glad glad to have you here um to, Tom, to tommy's a mommy also i love i love uh, you know she's she she does a. Uh, Spiritual Black Girls on at Spiritual on on inst, on Instagram, right? Are you still doing that, right? Yes, absolutely. So and, and she makes some pretty cool crafts. I know. Um, are you are you still making those those cool dolls? Yes. Um, you can support me on RitualReady.org and also at Etsy. Uh, you can support me at RitualReady on Etsy as well. Um, I usually make figurines uh, specifically crafted for African traditional religion and supporting people who are reclaiming that religion and their ancestral ways um, as they move away from Christianity and other colonizer religions that West Africans experience. So cool. So cool. And uh, so we've got this guy, Reef, sitting next to us here too. Um, so, so hey, Reef, it's it's been a busy week for all of us here over at INN. Um, had a bunch of stuff to engineer, so he 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 had 
Laura's first stream since she moved to Moscow. So that, that was an interesting little dance. Basically, I think it was pretty much the same as, as as we've been doing. You know, it's people dialing into Zoom and putting her up on the screen and kind of the same thing, but still a little yeah. different, just the time zone and everything else. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good, though. Had Shea Bose on. Yes, um, yes. Was recently at the UN with Max Blumenthal. That was fun. Right. You know, nice listening to an Irish accent for an hour and a half. You know? Oh, my God. So, uh, I've, got, I've got some clips from that, actually, to, to put up this week for, for Tara and schedule those out. Yeah, they, those just got sent over. Shout out to Fanto for the clips, uh, for INN News, as well as for Tara. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it was a busy week over at INN. Check out the INN Substack, uh, indienewsnetwork.substack.com. Every Friday I've been putting out a list, and I did an order, uh, you know, we did a segment on it a couple weeks ago, but uh, every Friday I've been putting out a list of all the segments and all the live streams and all the appearances that everybody at INN's been been doing because there's so much to catch up with. And um, I think this week there was about 14 or 15 different videos and streams and things. So much stuff, so much content. I mean, it, it's great. I love it. We're growing and uh, we're making a lot of good stuff and making some waves. So check out INN, Indie News Network. Indie, and chat... Hey, inn.network, by the way, also is a web, is a URL that works. It might even be either e easier than indienews.network. So if you remember inn.network, that's another way to, to get to all the websites, uh, all those websites, all the channels, all the everything. All right, so uh, let me get into it. So welcome, everybody, to How Do We Miss That? How Do We Miss That is a show featuring articles written by independent journalists who expose corruption, cover workers organizing and environmental crises while challenging corporate establishment narratives and talking points. New episodes stream live Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Rockfin, Substack, Facebook, Telegram channels. Yes, we're live on Telegram. And the podcast is usually published within a couple days to Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, more. I'm Indy. I'm one of the co-hosts. Uh, I am the founder and editor of the Indie Media Today Substack, creator of the Indie Media Awards. Hopefully you heard that. All right, uh, co-host of American Tradition with Jesse Jett on INN and producer for Bread and Circuses on INN, executive producer for The Politics of Survival with Tara Reid on INN, which we just talked about, and associate producer for The yep. Misty Winston Show over on TNT Radio. And then I got this guy, Reef Breeland. He's sitting next to me. He's INN's technical director. He is the creator, engineer, co-host, and executive producer of INN News, co-executive producer, he is the producer for The Politics of Survival with Tar Reid on INN, as well as engineer, and producer for Bitch with Comrade Misty, which you could have seen him on Saturday night on INN, as well as on Misty's channel. Yeah, that was and fun. We, and we've got to Tommy oh, here. Who, doing stuff with Misty. And we've got to Tommy here, who just introduced herself, but uh, but to Tommy is a member of INN. She has been streaming for years on Tommy's Diary, a YouTube channel, uh, sharing all of her thoughts and perspectives um, and, and we love her, and we're so glad that she's joining us. So uh, find all of our all, all of our channels on indienews.network. Uh, we're all founding members of uh, the network, which there are, wow, I think 20 of us now. Um, please make sure to share the yep. link, like the stream, subscribe to our channel on all the platforms you watch and listen. We're everywhere, like I said, and you'll be able to see the clips throughout the week on my YouTube channel, indieleft.media, so you can check out that YouTube channel out as well. Okay, so uh, I have got, and now let me blow this up real quick and go to full screen. Oh, what up? 
and go to well, this. And hopefully, hey, it all fits. Woohoo. All right, everything looks nice. I can't believe I did this right. Okay. So, so, all right. We have got to Tommy here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I've got a bunch of stories. Uh, we're going to talk about UPS drivers and, and UPS Teamsters, not just drivers, but all the Teamsters, including our friend Joe, who works on the loading dock in, in Philly area. Um, we're going to talk about Starbucks Workers United. They had a big week this week, and there were several stories that we can cover there. We're going to talk about there. And then we're going to talk about a weird story about Pennsylvania. Uh, Moms for Liberty got involved, apparently. <laughs> We we found oh, yeah, out. I heard about that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty interesting little. Well, yes and no. Except that there's a whole education end of it where they tried to get some kind of consultant hired who's trying to change the curriculum, the entire curriculum of like first grade through fifth. And we're gonna again, we'll we'll get into all that. It's a crazy story. God legume, your friend Bean Boy put that one out. Bean Boy, Bean Boy, and then. Uh, and then what's what's our fourth story? I don't even I don't even remember right now. Uh, but let's you go put back. it in. Yeah, I know. I well, I smoke a lot of weed, so that that happens sometimes. Um, yeah. Oh, summer Texas heat. Oh, that that's a brutal one. Oh yeah, the summer Texas heat is really really bad. So let me now go back to Andy Main. Yay! Okay, we are we are we are cooking with gas here. Chris Walker over at Truth Out. Let's talk about you know what? Before we do that, let me go back to the thumbnail. Go to three shot. See, I do all this stuff live while while you guys are here, Thank and you. I tell you exactly what I'm doing. Like like a dentist, I I will tell you so that you are comfortable with exactly what you are seeing. So, UPS we'll always UPS Teamsters talks collapse. Yes, I'm high in my garage. That's right, Snow Himbo. Thank you very much. He's chatting in somewhere else, <laughs> and I just saw it show up. I didn't mute my stuff. I need to do that. I'm getting distracted. Okay, Angel in the afternoon, welcome. Angel Rivera, the handsome cynic rebranded. All right, UPS, Teamsters, Talks, Collapse. Squirrel, keep getting distracted, see? Okay, back to this. Hit escape. Go here, go here. Bam, okay. What's going on in UPS? I think most people have heard about this, but too many people haven't. So UPS drivers mm. are pissed off, and they're right. Um... And they're going to talk about why, but union officials blast UPS for saying that the company has nothing more to give workers, which is nonsense. Our friend Chris Walker over at Truthout Indie Media Award honoree. All right, good, good publication. They've been doing a fun drive. Please support them if you can. All right, but um, negotiations seem to have stalled between the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, which is representing UPS workers, and the company as the latest round of discussions ended early on Wednesday morning with no new agreements made. This is rough, because the latest development suggests that the Teamsters are one step closer to a strike as UPS workers' contract is set to expire at the end of this month. The union is seeking better pay yep. and working conditions for workers. We've talked about this like and covered it. We've, we've covered this yep. a couple times here on how do we miss that. But... In a press release discussing the latest round of negotiations, right, Teamsters wrote that they unanimously rejected the most recent package offered by UPS company officials, which they should. So as a result, the company walked away from negotiations around 4 a.m. Wednesday, the press release said. Now, that came from the union. Now, UPS claimed that it yeah. was the union, not the company, that walked away. Okay, the company also peddled 
Common anti-union talking points accusing union negotiators of creating unease among employees and customers and saying their actions threaten to disrupt the U.S. economy. Well, maybe you should pay them. God forbid. Maybe you should pay them. What do you think? Um, it would be nice. Right? Teamsters rejected that notion, said the company was disingenuous and stating that it had nothing more to give to workers. Union also pointed out that workers have been overworked and unappreciated, especially during the pandemic when revenues for the company increased by record margins. Oh, yeah, there's that. Just no biggie, right? This multi-billion dollar corporation has plenty to give American workers. They just don't want to. And that's Sean O'Brien. He's the new Teamsters president. He's pretty pretty inflammatory. Or he's, uh, he's got fiery rhetoric, and I love it. Um, he said, UPS had a choice to make, and they've clearly chosen to go down the wrong road. And he's right. And I love that he's standing by his workers, and he's not caving to management. Um, so you got over 300... Yeah, you've got over 340,000 full and part-time employees who are set to see their contracts expire on July 31st. And and if a contract is not agreed upon by that deadline, workers will go on strike with 97% of union members that voted, voting in favor of such action in June. And we definitely covered that two weeks ago. Yep. Union, union officials are seeking higher pay and better working conditions in light of the company's skyrocketing profits throughout the pandemic, like we said during which workers were not offered pay increases. How the hell did they do that? Although the company agreed to put air conditioning in all the driver's vehicles by next year, that doesn't mean this summer, UPS workers still say they face grueling conditions on the job, which they do. Okay, they've reported long hours, overwhelming demands from the company. One worker, for example, described working 60-hour weeks regularly, five days a week, and called that demand a violation of our lives. Sometimes it, they even demand a sixth day. Um, if they were in the car business, that's that's every every week pretty much. They get one day a week off, and um, maybe they're scheduled to have two days a week off, but they're expected to work at least one of those days, especially if it's the last week of the month. But I I get these guys. You know, look, they're it's physical. All right. They've also said they were promised double time in certain circumstances, only received regular pay when their checks came. Sick day requests are also not being met. That's messed up. Additionally, yep. they're being right, they're being overworked on conveyor belts, forced to continue the machine's operation even when larger packages are being handled. Dangerous. Yep. So that's that's putting them at physical risk on top of everything. So a strike would likely put a significant dent in their bottom line. And this is Everybody's talking about this. That the last time UPS workers went on strike in 97, the company lost around $850 million and several customers took their business from UPS to its various competitors. So that's really important. Um, so so that's, yep. that's good. I like hearing that um, the union isn't willing to back yeah, down. Yeah, it's that they didn't right? capitulate. Yeah. So this continues... Um, uh, the next day, we've got Jake Johnson, who's been covering this over at Common Dreams. All right, again, they have a simple choice, the union, new contract or nationwide strike. We really mean it. So what what do they really mean? Well, union reiterated that it's fully prepared to call a nationwide strike as the Teamsters National Committee returns to the bargaining table in hopes of reaching a deal. So we heard about this, right? UPS, whose CEO made $19 million last year, they just wanted to throw that in. It's not like $19 million would pay for anything that the drivers are, that, that these 
Teamsters are looking for, you know, the union members deserve and have earned. But still, it just shows the, the massive wealth gap between the people at the top and the average employee who is working, I believe, 20 hours a week. Uh, I'm sorry, who's uh, getting $20 an hour. Um, yeah, which is barely anything anymore. Right. So here's here's the uh, Sean O'Brien tweet about when we say a new contract, we mean it. Right. So they've been tweeting out a lot of strong rhetoric, which I love seeing. Like I said, Teamsters yeah. negotiators have tentatively secured a significant number of victories already, including an end to the two-tiered wage system under which driver part-time drivers earn $15 an hour and full-timers earn 20 Um. So union announced over the weekend that it reached a deal with UPS to scrap forced overtime on driver's days off. Well, that's nice. You still have to come in, but you want it to work overtime on your days. <laughs> right. Uh, that Which is what you would want if it's on your days off. At minimum. Hello. Yeah. Like unreal. So whether it's overtime, our members don't want to take holidays. They know they deserve or equal pay for equal work. If we stay united and commit to protect each other to the bitter end, there is no chance in hell that we lose this fight. And that's their secretary treasurer over at the Teamsters. All right. So Jamal Bowman showed up and AOC showed up and they did a little stunt to try to show that they had solidarity with, with the. Yeah. At the same time, she endorsed Joseph Biden who killed this strike, the train strike to begin with. Like nonsense. How can you do the same day? Same day. You couldn't wait a day. And she like, showed up. Bowman showed up in a in, in a Wu Tang T-shirt, like so performative, such theater. Like, hello, fellow kids. Oh my god, <laughs> right? It's terrible. Um. So uh, the next Bowman's day, a madman. J- Jake reports on how Teamsters now say the contract talks have collapsed, and we said that after UPS made an unacceptable offer. And we've got a lot of this similar article to Chris in Truth out. But I wanted to mention that uh, Common Dreams also had this one. And then what's happening over at UPS? Now, Luigi Morris, he's with um, Left Voice. Big fan of Luigi Morris. He's a good dude. Um, this is an AI image generated of all these packages around Manhattan, like filling up Manhattan Island, Amazon packages. Very cool. Um, Manhattan. But... Negotiations with UPS collapsed. They're still prioritizing their multi-billion dollar profits over our lives as part-timers, and he is one. We're tired of the sweatshop per- working conditions and poverty wages. Get ready, because it looks like on August 1st, we are having a historic strike at Teamsters, right? And he says, what do we want? Minimum $25 part-time starting wages per hour. Catch-up raises for part-timers, longer breaks, and more full-time positions transferring over. Right, so like basic crap, pretty much. I screen capped him also, from $25 is still like barely much. scraping cost of living in Mississippi. Yep. Like, let alone the rest of the country. Like, it's like the cost of cost of, is 15 an hour, I think, in Mississippi. And that's bare. I think it's more than that. That's for like a one, no other family members. Right. And so, there's also there's also the issue of how important their work is. Yes, so they're essential. They're being kind of undermined for how much you know we all re- are rely on 
them as well as i mean you know usps ups relies really hard on usps workers as well mm -hmm. and so these people are working really hard labor jobs and kind of being gaslit about the importance of their work how much wealth it generates and you know i, I think it's really it's wise of them to keep on with their um protests here because you know, it just, it only makes sense. They have only have something to gain here because they're right. You know, there, there was so much wealth generated, especially during the pandemic, but now even afterwards, now people are even more reliant on ordering things than they were before. Oh, hell yeah. And, and so what's cool is these guys have been laying the groundwork at the union. So what do they do? So first of all, California, Amazon drivers have, have picketed seven warehouses. So I wanted to mention that because Teamsters are organizing picketers and strikers across different organizations, and they're regularly leading strikes. They're not just talking about coming to the table and, and negotiating these things away and giving in to management at the last minute. They're actually standing up for the workers, um, at least to a point. So drivers extended their picket line to a Norwood, Massachusetts uh, warehouse today, and actually Starbucks Workers United workers were even there from Boston to support them. But I wanted to mention this one. Teamsters will withhold our labor if we have to. Again, this came right from the Teamsters Twitter account. With 23 days to go before a new deal struck, must be struck, UPS needs very few reminders of what's at stake here. Supply chain solutions, the movement of, uh, of commerce throughout this country. Then they have this video about from 1997 about what happened and how much business they lost and how they became, they literally got knocked off the number one spot for years. Um, and that real damage being done to the opinion that UPS is capable of being a responsible, trusted employer. If a TA on a new contract is not reached by July 31st, UPS will force 340,000 Teamsters nationwide to withhold our labor for higher wages and better working conditions. These are benefits and compensation that we have earned and are rightfully due. UPS is on the cusp of putting itself on strike. I love that language because this is what they're doing. Let's hope the world's largest and most successful delivery logistics company is smarter than that. Sean O'Brien is amazing at, at rhetoric. He really is. Um, so, what are, so what do you need in order to be able to go on strike? First thing is you need a strike fund. You need, a solid, you need solidarity. So you need a strike fund. They got a massive strike fund. So they are prepared to put their workers on strike. You also need organization and you need the ability, you know, you need people to know what's going on and, and what to do. So UPS Teamsters will win against corporate America. Again, more rhetoric from the Teamsters for too long. UPS companies like UPS taking in profits. Corporate America will not uh, will will not be allowed to degrade standards for working people. All right, you, one union. Um Again, they, they've got a nice little thread there that ends in hashtag hot union summer, not hot labor summer, but hot union summer. I think that might be a dig. I love this one. I found this, this meme, UPS telling everyone how mean the Teamsters are, wiping their tears with $100 bills. <laughs> I, I love the whole hot labor summer branding that makes a ton of the money somehow with merch and... Well, hot, hot union summer doesn't make them anything. It's just a, something to organ to literally like, hey, search hot union summer yeah. and you'll be able to see that. But here's what the other thing the Teamsters are doing. They're ha having practice strikes, practice picketing for their members. So 
What are they going to say? What are they going to do? How are they going to behave when they get out on the picket line? That's part of organizing strikes is organizing. What are you going to do when you strike? Not just how you're going to take care of your members, but what are you going to do when you get out on the picket line? How are you going to affect change? How are you going to get people's attention that come by? And how are you going to get management to pay attention? Doing wind sprints. Right? You so know, from like Florida. Get a real practice in. This was July 7th. <laughs> From Florida to Alaska, UPS Teamster practice pickets are everywhere. Preparations for the largest single employer strike in U.S. history are ratcheting up at all UPS facilities. And you've got drivers, handlers, um, ramp managers. That's a lot of sea of brown, okay? That is a sea of brown uniforms, a lot of shorts, and a lot of, a lot of bare legs. All right? So... Um, why? Now, I like this, too, that the union is putting out messaging, their own messaging, their own PR. This was our biggest argument and contention with our friend Chris Smalls. And I know that um, that Reef was going to talk a little bit about what Chris Smalls is up to this week. Oh, man. I'm just working with Reverend Al Sharpton. Reverend Al, you know? come on, man. Come on, man. No, Reverend Al. No, you can't. So disappointing. All right, but look at look at exactly why. By the numbers, why should is it time to pay up for UPS? Because they spent eight point six billion dollars on stock buybacks alone. If they put that kind of money into supporting their workers, that makes a serious debt. Forget the nineteen million that they pay their that they pay their CEO. Eight point six billion in stock buybacks. That's serious. A hundred billion in total revenue in total in. in in 22 now that's not after expenses and taxes and everything but that's their revenue that's their top line revenue um that's that's substantial they still made oodles of money hand huge handfuls but 45 million dollars last year on executive pay and these guys are deciding that 25 dollars an hour is not enough for their workers and for their their driver their part-timers and i think that's disgraceful um so here is a practice picket in Landover. I believe that's in Maryland. Again, July 7th. There's indeed a picket. Well, it's a practice picket. They're doing this on their own time. They can't do this while they're working. They're like getting off of work and getting on the picket line. Because they're to show how freaking serious they are. And I love that. Again, so I mean, much solidarity. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't, couldn't you just do a real picket and not a practice picket? You can just go do a picket, well, you know? They have to give corporate until that date to come to the table and, mm. you know, have a tentative agreement. When you, sure. when you set a deadline, you've got to hold to that deadline. Um, now, we all know this guy, Joe. Yep. Joe, Joe, INN member Joe, shut the fuck up, shit, lib three. Makes our killer hilarious videos, makes fun of AOC and Anna Kasparian and Jimmy Dore and makes beautiful videos in tribute to Julian Assange and everything else. Well, Joe is actually a UPS teamster who works on a loading dock down in the Philly area. So today he told us, he messaged me on the 7th that uh, UPS just laid off 11 people on my shift. I believe that was Friday morning. Yes. People have absolutely had it. Philadelphia Air Hub is pissed and we're ready to strike. So July 13th, yeah, dude. they 
are holding all day. And those, hmm? those air hubs are like fucking torture chambers too. Ooh, hot you as know? shit. Like, yeah, and the trucks are even hotter. Like mm-hmm. ovens, you know, literally. Like Easy Bake got nothing on them trucks, man. You know, like it is. It is not. It was. 93 yesterday like mm-hmm. do you imagine florida not in, tru- like, not in the trucks with the sun beating oh down my on, God. The, on those metal boxes all damn day yep a brown a brown box mm-hmm. like that absorbs heat the most heat absorbent thing Must there be is terrible. hey so um check this out i decided instead of having the slide let's just go to the website independentleft.shop sure. we got some t-shirts here all right, we got the Bong Father. You can people. you can pull the Bong Father back out of uh, out of the uh, the scrap heap. How do we miss that shirts with yep. any left news on the back? Check that out. My kids got one of those in white. Twenty five bucks. Nice. There you go. All right, we even got Independent Left Media with the Bong Father on it in red. Check that out. So, all right, we've got about thirty people here. We got Amazon can unionize Amazon Kentucky. That is our friend. Matt Luttrell, how are you doing, Matt? Good to see you, sir. Um, yeah, I'm sure you have quite a bit to say about unionizing and Teamsters and ALU and Chris Smalls. I know that. Uh, oh, we got some oh, supers. Wait. We got some supers, huh? Nice. Uh, why yep. am I not seeing them? What are they over in my channel or are they? I oh, there's one. Nice, Doctor Nick. SS got love too. Okay. Uh, only fair ironing. Oh, Savvy. Savvy got love. Nice. Thank you. Thank you to Sav. Thank you for for that. Uh, Why is that not? That's weird. I don't know why it's not. Above. Just put it above. Yeah, it was. Just drag it up. It was at the top, but okay. Anyway, so that's Dr. Nick. Thank you, sir, for the super chat. Spoopy! More love for INN. Growing heart. Growing heart. Yes. Love you, too. We got cookies and we've Appreciate got screw it. Google and we've got gamer and we got so many people in chat. Wow, this is awesome. So what Matt said, and where is what Matt had to say? You and your eyes, I lost it. You're good, Indy. Thanks for in asking. Judge, Thank you. Good good shit. Judge um, Joe Brown was on Savvy today. Apparently yes. that went well. Oh here. This is uh you know, which is just weird. It's weird that that's who's going on savvy sabs now right like that's like i hope just... she goes for the full you got to go judge judy next you know no like... no 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 thank you <laughs> judge judy the trumper and i and, and not yeah. that not that like uh, not that there's anything wrong with that well but judge judy yeah. is a total asshole sorry not a, not a judge judy fan <laughs> um you hear you heard it here first yep Judge you know, Judy's an asshole. I'll, I'll be the first one to say see. it, but but yeah, Matt was saying that, that <laughs> the biggest mistake was when the organizing committee chose to join the ALU instead of joining the local Teamsters. Yep, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, we interviewed Matt last August uh, while he was trying to organize the Amazon Kentucky facility, um, and he got let go while he was doing that. Okay, yep. I swear you need to check what out something out. Doctor Nick is saying you need to check something out. Reef, oh Judge Joe Brown on Savvy's yeah. probably. I'm I guess so. that's what he's talking yeah. about. Good stuff. Well, Good stuff, Matt. Good to see you, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully you got you got you're working somewhere else and doing some other stuff now and 
and organizing there too, because I I know that you're you're passionate about organizing workplaces, and we uh, we certainly support you're the passionate you know, our friends that want to do that. Um, all right, so our next story. Let's get into that. Let me go back here. See the markers are now like another the, the one. store. It's another one. Yeah, we're gonna go for another one. And this was out of our friends over at Truthout, and that is like we said the Indie Media Award honoree. So hold on. Uh, ah, I'm I'm losing it. All right, so here slideshow. Yay! Okay, that's that's the other side, the split screen. Good, we're good there. Now let's go back here. So that's our Truthout, but. Here is what's going on at Starbucks, and I'm really excited to talk about what's happening at Starbucks this week. Dave Bird over on the Rockfin, thank you so much for the $2 tip over on the Rockfin. Yeah, that's um, nice. I really appreciate it's that, Always sir. appreciated. Always appreciated. Worker strike back. Uh, uh, social alternative people seem to be up in the Kentucky facility. That's interesting to hear as well. <clears throat> uh, that's getting back to the last story, but... Big week over at Starbucks and for Starbucks Workers United. So what am I talking about there? Well, they've had several stories talking about um, and, and several movements. So let, let's talk about, we know that Starbucks Workers United has been fighting with corporate to get to a first contract, first of all. We know that Starbucks Workers United has been doing a really good job of organizing stores around the country and there are over 300 yep. now that have filed uh, union papers with the NLRB. But here's the first thing that happened was that on July 4th, showing the independence for all workers, in a victory for workers, a judge found that Starbucks broke U.S. labor law dozens of times, which we knew for a long time, as part of their union-busting campaign in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh was the, the first city that had a big win. To celebrate, here are some of our favorite quotes from Judge Ringler's. 50-page uh, ruling. And here is, the, you know, the, the ruling itself. But on page six, Hirakawa's general denial has not been credited. She was less than a credible witness who seemed more committed to advocating Starbucks' position than offering accurate testimony. So corporate-sponsored people. Um, uh, testimony when discussing the illegal terminations of two Starbucks union leaders, Tambellini and Manfrey, who were fired for I'm in the, and attendance issues. Uh huh. Judge Ringler notice, notes that many other workers were late far more times than either of these two. So it was intentional and it was targeted. And Starbucks had disparate treatment for disciplining workers for lateness. There was no explanation why Hampton, who was late a whopping 170 times, received this treatment. All right, he only received a documented coaching versus them who got fired. Because they were organizing, but he was playing ball and he was not organizing and not going for the union. So they were rewarding yep. the people that were not pro-union. Um, AKA so, scabs. Yep. And and all of these will be in the chat. So it was written about by John Quayley, who is one of the, I think he's a managing editor over at Common Dreams. Like he doesn't normally write articles, but once in a while he steps out from behind the desk and behind the editor's desk to um to write something. So he says that in what union members have called a huge victory for workers, and I always question exactly how big a victory that is when union members, but when union leaders say it, I uh, I question it, but when union members say it's a huge victory, that's good. An administrative judge with the NLRB has ruled that Starbucks violated federal labor law by terminating organized workers 
in several Pittsburgh locations, accusing the company of orchestrating a purge of employees leading the, the unionization effort. We, we've covered several different stories, and we're going to talk about Ithaca, and something big happened in Ithaca this week also. And that's the story I, I can't even figure out how to get my head around, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But Judge Robert Ringler... He's the judge that found that the company and local store managers abused their power and unlawfully targeted workers organizing with Pittsburgh Starbucks Workers United. As part of the decision, they ordered the company to reinstate the fired workers and compensate any employees who lost income due to the due to the illegal labor practices. Nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. So that's that's great. I mean, I love people getting their jobs back. I love people getting reinstated with back pay. Um. I would like to see them get butt coming. I would like to see them also get some kind of punitive damages, you know, for pain and suffering, yep. uh, for the cost of try, having to go out and get jobs. And the Ithaca ruling is actually going to talk a little bit about that. Um, that got even more extreme. But noting how the specific union members were consistently treated differently than other non-union employees and ultimately fired. The judge said in his ruling that, re that a repeated pattern of unlawful activity abundantly demonstrates a casual relationship between their firings and union activities. Uh, I would say it's more than a casual relationship. I would say it's a marriage. But that's just me. I would say that they're, that they're definitely DTF and that they're friends with benefits. Um, yeah. So three of the fired workers were part of the union's five-member bargaining unit. Hmm. A fact that, Renew, that that the judge suggested was not a coincidence. Yeah, I would suggest that too. Thanks, judge. No. At least you, you have somewhat... Hey, this guy's not totally bought by corporate America. How about that, folks? We have one. Or he at least has some common sense. He has to, like... You, you know what I mean? Wow. Or it was so, so blatant, he felt like he couldn't really deny it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like no, you definitely stole the shit. You you took it from the counter, like you know, <laughs> right? We when's, might get you off anyway, but you definitely did the shit, <laughs> pretty much. Right, Tori Tambellini, uh, she's one of the workers fired. She applauded the judge's ruling. I absolutely Tori cannot believe. Come on, man, these people have been through so much. <laughs> I absolutely cannot I be, you. cannot wait to be back on the shop floor with my coworkers fighting for the contract we deserve, she said on Monday. So that's awesome. Yep. Pittsburgh, Starbucks United, if you're not following them, give them a follow. That's in the Common Dreams article. So National Union, which we've been talking about at length, Starbucks Workers United, Okay, said that the 50-page ruling exposes the ludicrous and simply implausible excuses that Starbucks has used to justify their union-busting actions. It also shows just how far the company is willing to go to stop workers from organizing and just how scared they are of their own workers um, as an organization. And they are. Because, you know, look, they work on pretty rel relatively thin margins and, they, and labor is yeah. one of the ways that they make up a lot of that profit so as workers at starbucks stores nationwide have racked up organizing victories the company has been hit numerous times with nlrb rulings that found unlawful labor practice like we said it's just far from the first time not even yeah. a multi-billion dollar corporation like starbucks is above the law breaking the law breaking the law right so workers are All fighting right, back just... yep yes it is well sure i think that's actually butthead but maybe yep. Um, they're winning. Both of them. 
This ruling is just one step in our campaign to hold Starbucks accountable. And I love that. Time is ticking Starbucks and the longer time is ticking to Starbucks. He's talking directly to them. I love how he dresses it. The longer you continue your anti-union crusade, the more public, the more the public will learn about your truly heinous actions against workers. It's not too late to stop this now. Do the right thing and come to the bargaining table in good faith. That's uh, again, John Quayle. He is the managing editor over at Common Dreams which is Indie Media Award honoree and one of the best orgs out there when it comes to reporting stories. So what what do we have out there? So Friday was a big day. So on the 7th, I noticed that, wow, Starbucks Workers United has really been killing it. So first thing is, we had so many wins, the union wins today. What? Well, yeah. Well, what if we had room so for one more? So many wins. You're going to get tired of winning. Lake Mead and McDaniel in Las Vegas unionizing. Yeah, this is awesome. Hopefully this convinces corporate to come to the table and negotiate a first contract. That was my response, which I believe Starbucks Workers United liked. Right, that's me, Kitty. Then um, this is Danbury, Connecticut, Starbucks Workers United. We are a union. Yes, yes, you are. 90,000 views, 2,700 likes. All right, they voted 18 to 1 to unionize. So they're celebrating with their friends from Ellicott City, Starbucks Workers United, which... Hey, look at that. Hey, look Solidarity at that. from Bongwater. Appreciate Bongwater solidarity. You know? <laughs> well, better than it being on the carpet. You know? 12 to 7. So I this guess. one, this one, <laughs> yeah. this one was a little bit closer. Uh, you know, there were almost half the employees over at Ellicott City that did not want to unionize, but the majority of the employees did, and they're going to be negotiating for a first contract. So, yes, we did. You, you beat Rolling Road to it. So, apparently, Rolling Road is also in process. Then we also had Boston Starbucks Workers United workers. Like we said, they were they were picketing with the Amazon um, Teamsters. So, yep. this is funny. I need names for their debut album quick. So, what was my... So, somebody... Um, I, I, retweet, I retweeted this. Untouchables. The Greasies. Uh, I retweeted this, and some conservative <laughs> guy thought that was, thought they were being cute, the untouchables or the greasies. So they said, ah, conservatives making things sound cool, part one, totally ratioed them, right? And then somebody says, honestly, surprised that there isn't already a punk band called the greasies. It's ripe for the taking. And somebody said that yeah. this made them sound a lot more badass than I think that you intended them to. Now, my, my name for them was, come at me, bro. Oh. That was that was my name, and um, so yeah. Here's Julie saying, "Proud of Starbucks Workers United Baristas for showing up for the Amazon Teamsters on the picket this morning at O Dark 400. United we stand, divided we beg." So that's everyone's got to do this to read that. We gotta we gotta do our head tilts back yep. and forth to read all those signs. Yep, everybody, turn your head sideways yeah. now, <laughs> or turn your monitor the other way now. Okay. Um, anyway. There's the worker. There's the Starbucks baristas. All right. So also San Francisco is ready for even more union coffee. So again, this is happening nationwide. And what happened last week? Wyoming had entered the chat and Nebraska had entered the chat. So now you've got stores literally in like every state in the country. And then we noticed that the Succasana New Jersey union. Yes, that is Succasana. That's there. They are about 25 minutes from me. Beyond ecstatic to announce that they are also starting the fight for unionization for too long. They suffered at the hands of poor management and their unfair treatment. Right. So 
Working through SB Workers United, they're seeking to protect ourselves, our livelihoods, and our morals. We stand in solidarity with all the other unionized stores and are currently working to build a supportive base for our organizing efforts. More information to follow. So that's great. And they've got solidarity. And look at this. Uh, Trader Joe's. Wow, you took this phone action seriously. Thank you. The store got so many calls demanding Steve's reinstatement. Management is taking the phones off the hooks. See, yeah. act, direct action works. That's great shit. From start, from um, Trader Joe's. What do they want now? They want bricks through windows, huh? All right. Like, <laughs> so I'm going to order my Starbucks. Here's the like, last story. What are they doing? And this is the story uh, of the NLRB in Ithaca. All right. So another one, big news. A federal judge found that Starbucks illegally closed the College Avenue store in Ithaca, New York, and ordered that Starbucks immediately reopen it. Yep. Another win for workers. So Which is legit. Reef and I had a bit of an argument on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to make a good like, story. What? You can't, like, you can't make businesses do stuff. Like, yes, you can. Like, well, you can and you, you can. You definitely can. You can and you no, can. No, you can. All right. Clearly, you can. So my my, what well, I can't get my head around is, A, and we're going to look into the story a little bit more, but they closed the store more than a year ago. So the real estate okay. has either been empty or they have sold this property likely to another buyer, which is now there. So are you kicking Aww. this company out of their yes. new digs that they bought this building? Yes. And what are they supposed more to capitalists. do? It's not their fault. That they, it's not their fault that they bought a Starbucks that was that, that fired. Oh, everyone. well. All right. I mean, honestly, yes, I would say it was up to Starbucks. Starbucks needs to figure that out. You need to find a Starbucks. Yeah, pay reprimands and like exactly. Well, they need to know. figure out how to how to reopen that spot that they illegally closed and made shut down. Probably left, you know, whoever they were already paying lease with. There was probably already something that went down with that, regardless. So, I mean, I do think you know they might find a way to figure out however that might go, especially since it was. I, I thought you said it was a college town or something like that. So they'll figure <sighs> right. out somewhere, somewhere to go. It's, somewhere. How do they, what do they say about about? Uh, you know, crimes in every other instance. Well, it's a deterrent. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep people from doing crime by making it really bad if you do the crime. You know, wanna, okay. no so, matter the crime. So my question to Starbucks so, Work, Workers United is: How does a judge tell a private business that they have to reopen? Like they close the business? I think what Starbucks did is terrible. I'm not sure how making them reopen a store, rehire the same workers, and then treat them badly fixes anything. Because you know that they're not going to want to treat those workers well. How the hell? Why would you ever want to go work there for them again? I mean, to stick it to them, yes. But to be treated the way they guarantee they're going to well, treat but you. They're making the wins. They're making the wins because, right, that's the thing that's so inspiring right now is that often what you see, like we saw it with Amazon a bit, how some places <laughs> were able to vote in, some places weren't, but it was because there was so much inconsistency. And that's what's so inspiring mm. about what's happening with Starbucks is that everybody's kind of holding the line there. So, I mean, right. there might just be hope is really what they're, the workers are saying they have. With Think of the first the day back at that job. Like, you get, to, you get to walk in, like, with that. Like, dude, they couldn't tell me to do shit for days. Like, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, fuck you, we won. You can't do shit. Can't tell me nothing. 
<laughs> you know, fire me. You can't fuck you. <laughs> like cheese you know. sandwich, cheese sandwich making a, an interesting uh, point. Starbucks on strike demanding full gay workforce. Um, not exactly, but that's a funny comment because we actually talked about that a couple weeks ago. They're on strike because Starbucks intentionally told them to take down pride gear in certain stores where it was on before. And they certain they've, they've had the ability to do that and express that in the past. And they took away something they had been doing and nobody had a problem with. Um, but I get it. Yep. And, and I get why people don't necessarily like that. And that's, I, I, I'm fine with it really. Like, I, doesn't bother me one bit. You want to you want to wear all the rainbow stuff. My kid, my my, I got a daughter. She loves rainbows. So you want to wear rainbows? Not that everywhere? there's anything. Not that there's anything wrong I'm, with that. I'm completely yeah. fine. No, like like go 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 ahead. Live, live your life and live free. Be free. Uh, oh man. So okay, Costanza. It's gonna right? be all right. Not that there's You're anything really wrong fine. with that. I was in the pool. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. I was in right? the pool. So, but, um, but I still want to know how do they how do they tell a judge to reopen? So this guy Colin says that because the First Amendment ties into labor rights, which I thought was interesting. If you didn't know, read up on Abraham Lincoln, for example, the relation between labor and capital. Our labor law needs to be updated. The NLRA NLRA was written in 1935, and he's saying pass the Pro Act. Also here, and he's I believe a um, yeah um, a union organizer, also. So he would be a good person. I said, my question is, what's the penalty for noncompliance with the entire ruling at that point? Fines? I think they should have been forced to pay each of the six at least a million dollars, maybe even two. I think this might cost them more, depending on how things work out. Like, let's say that other company now decides to sue because you had terrible labor practice. That's now more money. Like, you're, you know... So, so, the, so KW with, with the Ukraine flag. Uh, okay. Uh, but, says, uh -huh. but they can, they can keep doing it and get sued. Now I will say that the stepbrothers reference they're they're Audi 5,000, bro. Yeah. Like uh, that, that kind of got me a little bit. I thought that was, that was kind of funny. Even despite the flag, we can, we can come together over other stuff, but somebody got big mad over what I was saying. <clears throat> And this yeah. should be obvious that the store was closed in retaliation. This is what you were saying to Tommy against workers for union organizing. The reopening of the store meets workers' demands. Great. Yeah. I said, do you think that Starbucks is going to put all their full efforts into making that store a success? My guess is they'll attempt to torpedo it. No, but who cares? Well, the or, people who work. The I mean, they could end up pay, having to pay people out. I mean, also, we have to keep in mind that sometimes we're why people will fight for this particular job, even though it makes it seems to make more sense to move on is um, they they might have been promised certain benefits. It might be what's really closest to them. It might be one of the better options. So getting it like rug pulled from them really meant something. So there, there's potential there, I think, even though like in the face of it, it just seems like it's just, you know, right for more abuse. There could be a reason why people are, these workers are trying to even put themselves back into that position. Yeah, that's that fair. Well, it's also the, like they may feel like the, the and the union may feel it sets a precedent anyway that oh if you're going to do this that we will use this legal bludgeon and like you might have to reopen a store you fired well, or he, worse 
Well, here's here's my point. Please name all the private businesses that the federal government has ordered a company to reopen an office and rehire the people treating them well after a bitter fight. And yeah, I don't think just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it shouldn't. shouldn't and there but, probably is instances. That, that's, if, if I wasn't too lazy to go look it up. And also, so, you know, like there is the just sticking it to them portion. Like this can't be lucrative for them, even if like they do open it up and then try to hurt the workers and kneecap the workers that's just wasting their own money and their own time too yeah. uh, wouldn't they want this business to also have money or make money at some point in the future it being reopened i don't know i feel like and to it recoup would, it would, legal costs at the very least it would waste their own money and time if they yeah. do that route all right, so this is the actual so, judgment that that they had and i wanted to get down to the decision because this is where it says what the remedies were, and these people's testimonies. And then at the very end, it gives the decision. All right. So the, here's the order. Starbucks, yeah, it's all, officers, agents, and representatives shall cease and desist from discharging or otherwise discriminating against employees for engaging in union or other protected concerted activity. Can't believe that even needs to be said, but it does. Refusing to engage in decisional bargaining over store closures that can reasonably be expected to chill union activity at the other Starbucks facilities. Refusing to bargain over charges to its policies and, pol and practices that have uh, cha changed since the certification of the, of the union on April 8th, 2022, including enforcement of discipline uh, and the hours of its Ithaca stores. So talking about that, it's suggesting that pro-union employees that they quit their employment if they're unhappy. They should cease and desist from all these things, suggesting to their employees that it has no intention of complying with the NLRA or otherwise suggesting that organizing would be futile, which is what Starbucks has illegally been telling their employees. More strictly and consistently enforcing its rules and policies after learning of union activity, which is something that they also tend to do is clamp down on a store and send more managers there to scrutinize employees. Denying leave requests due to union yep. activity, telling employees that it was closing permanently a store when no such decision had been made. Well, that's going to cause them to start looking for work unnecessarily, wouldn't it? Yes. So in any manner, they also need to cease and desist in any manner interfering with restraining or coercing employees in the exercise of the rights guaranteed to them by Section 7 of the NLRA. That's all great. Yes, so, this is all a cease and desist? Right. So no. Here's what they shall take okay. the affirmative the respondent tell, shall take the following affirmative action necessary to effectuate the policies of the act. So here's what they have to do. Within 14 days of the board's of the board's order, the six employees, Benjamin South, Kaylee Gillett, Kiki Condon, Johnny Carpenter McLean, David Rosinko, and Beck McLean, full in statement to their former jobs, or if those jobs no longer exist, to substantially equivalent positions without prejudice to their seniority or other rights or privileges previously enjoyed. So they get time served back, All right? The respondent shall also make them whole for any loss of earnings and other benefits and for any other direct and foreseeable pecuniary harm suffered as a result of their unlawful discharges as provided in the remedy of the, of the discussion. That's what I'm talking about, getting them made whole for any, compensate them for search for work and interim employment expenses. So this is all really good stuff. Mm. Right. So 
They also need to compensate employees for adverse tax consequences, if any, for receiving a lump sum back pay award. So not only do they have to pay them the, the amount, they also have to cover the amount of tax implication difference on what their normal tax bill would be. Right? Okay. Right. Within two weeks from the board's order, remove its files, remove from its files any reference to the unlawful discharges and disciplines of those six. Within three days thereafter, notify each of them. Oh, God. Well, notify each of them individually in writing that this had been done. Right. They have to engage in bargaining over the, this is the, engage in bargaining over the decision to close its College Avenue store and then reopen the College Avenue store immediately. Like when I saw that, my head exploded. I'm like, I've, I've never seen that in a court ruling in my life. At least that I know of. I mean, I haven't studied law. Yeah, but I'm not how a many have you been looking? Right. I'm not like, a lawyer, but uh, you know, I play one like, on TV. Uh, we, maybe we should call a labor lawyer and see if there's precedent, because I, otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. I play one on like, TV, but uh, so all, and then of course they also have to offer immediate employment to all employees who were working at the College Avenue store as of June first last year when they closed it. They have to bargain with the union at the exclusive bargaining as the exclusive bargaining representative of its, of its College Avenue employees for a period of not less than a year after the store reopens and it remedies all the unfair labor practices found herein. I mean, this is all awesome. Wow. Like literally holding them by the nuts and saying, this is what you're going to do. Um, yep. Squeezing hard. Bargain with the union as the exclusive bargaining representative of the union. Uh, unit employees at Meadow and Common Stores for a period of six months after it remedies all the unfair labor practices herein. I mean, this is all awesome stuff. Um, there we go. Roger Meadows is over on the Rockfin. He's got a $2 Super Ray. Always appreciate it. Shout out to Pasta. Uh, what he's saying is the 2015 model cor uh, Corporate Charter Revocation Act Give state attorney generals the power to revoke. Here, let me move this over so you guys can see that. It gives the the state the, uh, the power to revoke. Uh, I was reading that. Re to revoke corporate charters, which is a privilege, not a right, when the corporation has established a record of egregious behavior, putting communities at risk of using workers, consumers, the environment. Uh, we need to amend that law. Uh, for passing state laws to allow AGs to reissue co-op charters in its place. Yeah, so that now the um, the workers can then own the means of, of, of production and it turns into a worker-owned co-op and they then run the joint. Yep. I'm far more for... There was a, a union that literally through their win got mm -hmm. became a co-op. Yeah, yep. so somebody's listening. Yep, they did that. Know. So... So, um, they also have to, within 14 days, post at all its facilities, the attached notice marked appendix, right? And it tells them all the different stuff that happened in this lawsuit. And this is at every facility nationwide. They have to post this. They shall also within 14 days. All right. Um, may allow for good cause shown, blah, 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 blah. All payroll cards. They have to provide all of the back pay. Do one of the terms of this order based upon um, the documents and records that have been provided and what they have to be completely transparent about that. Make employees whole for losses suffered by any by reason of unlawful unilateral charges on the terms and conditions of employment. This is huge. And all these six are going to need lawyers 
So they're going to have to compensate for all their legal fees. <clears throat> I mean, it's going to it's going to be costing. Fun. It's it's still going to be nothing for Starbucks in the end. It's still a drop in the bucket. But within yeah. 21 days, they'll show they shall fire uh, file with the regional director a sworn certification of a responsible official on a form provided by the region attesting to the steps that they've taken to comply. Now, what I want to know is what happens if they don't comply? Here's the hopefully appendix. some people go to jail. That would be that then that would be avoiding legal reprimand or whatever, right? Something like right. that. This is what needs you know. to be posted everywhere. All right. This is the appendix that they have to then sign and post. With is an official notice and may not be defaced by anyone for 60 consecutive days from data posting. I mean, it's it's mm. it's serious stuff. Uh, I love holding yep. them accountable. Um, I still don't quite understand how you and I guess Roger is explaining that, you know, their corporate charter is at stake in the state. But that would also put every other potential Starbucks in New York State at risk if that's coming from the state. I don't know where that that's coming from. That would be ideal. Now, this is, but this is coming from the National Labor Relations Board. That's not coming from the state. Um, yeah. I believe that, well, the, the judge in Ithaca, yeah, this is an NLRB judge. So I'm not really sure how that works. I'll be honest. So and there's probably precedent of it happening before i'm sure you so know. this is our link tree uh indieleft.media you can use to get there or linktr.ee slash indleft and that's got links to our Substack and twitter and youtube and and we missed that show and tip tips and the shop everything all in one easy convenient place and you can donate on patreon cash app you can hook us up a little bit if you got a couple of bucks you can drop us a super chat over on YouTube. You can do what Roger Meadows just did over on Rockfin, and he just dropped us a $2 tip. Why strike when you can own that bitch? <laughs> While we're at it, a government yeah. agency that operates in the same way that the that the Small Business Administration does, except it's for helping cooperatives start up uh, or transition from corporate model to co-op model. So if they decide that they're going to shut down a location, you can walk over to that agency and say, we need help covering converting to a co-op. That would be great um, yep. if the government weren't Agreed. bought by corporations that are completely against co-ops and and don't yeah, want to see that happen. It, um, but you might as well try, right? No, know? I I think that's 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 a noble and a and a really good idea to do. Roger Meadows always bringing it. Um, appreciate you, Roger. All right, so all right, we got like forty people watching. Love that. Yes, and Send Indy the stuff I'm way too smart for. He understands it. I, I, I'm like, I, my eyes glaze over, Roger. I just don't have you the send time me stuff to and read I'm like, all that stuff. Uh, what is, yeah, like, what is it? What is I don't, a uh, brain hurt. You Gamer, know. Gamer says that Starbucks is overpriced, and I agree. I'm a Dunkin' guy, personally. Dr. Nick says if Star Fox closed all their stores, I'd be okay with that. Um, Star I think, Fox? I think a lot of people would be, right? So do a barrel roll? Well, no, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy, um, I don't get Starbucks. I'm a, I'm a Dunkin' guy, and I make Dunkin' coffee at home. I don't usually go to the store and pay by the cup. Oh, oh, oh! How, how stereotypical the Jersey guy goes to Dunkin'? No, Dunkin'. really? Fucking Dunkin', huh? 
Anthony Malecki, like, welcome, welcome, brother, Subscri INN member or INN subscriber over on the YouTube. We actually do have a subscription to that channel if you want to subscribe. I think it's two ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um, Spooky is also a member. Anthony saying he's LGBT. Booby. Yep, we we definitely are are in support of our LGBT fams. Uh, union organizers don't hate their jobs. Hate isn't a motivation. We do this out of love for our fellow workers. Yes, agreed. That's and and they're also employees. Mona taking a brain break from schoolwork. Love you, Mona the Queen. Mona Carmona, welcome no, to the stream. Is the, is the Tim's guy, bro? Get your Canadian nonsense. Like unless Timbo. you're bringing me Tim bits, you can relax. We got cynics you in know? the house. We got Steve Wolfman. We got Spoopy. We got, got spooky, oh, spookums. all the families here. I love this. This is so much fun. This is why we do this, folks. Because Hey, oh, look at that. Eric T. Red, that is that is Savvy's producer and super fan and also a Patreon subscriber to, to Andy Left. So we love Eric T. Red. Good dude. <laughs> um, appreciate that. No, don't know this, but I'm a Tim's guy. Snow Himbo. Like Tim he's Hortons. making Canadian nonsense. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, he's, uh, yes. come on. Come on. He, Tim Hortons. He's Canadian. He's, you know, he's born yeah. with maple syrup. He's in the frozen like, waste of half. He's not born. He, they're they're not covered in placenta. They're covered in maple syrup, and that's how it works up there. Oh, that's yes. please don't picture that. That's people gross. at home. Don't do that. That's really disgusting. Duncan and the Keurig. Um, yeah, I, I I was doing that for a little while. The the cups are really <laughs> really bad, like for the environment. And I know you can fill the cups and do that whole thing. Um, that's also possible. Get an espresso machine. Make it yourself. It's not hard. Get a grinder. And a tamper, you're good to go. Dave and Roger you know? having a good conversation over on Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash IND left news. You can watch this whole thing ad free, no pop up ads like there are over on uh, YouTube if you're not a premium member over on YouTube. So you can watch this and all of our content totally for free over on Rockfin.com slash IND left news. There is a premium membership to the whole platform, it's $15 a month or $14.99. Some shows do go premium or premium only. I know all of RBN streams, for example, if you want to watch them commercial free, you got to subscribe. But ad free stuff is is really valuable. I think that's one of the best parts of the platform. That plus there's a lot less clutter and a lot less noise over there. And all of our favorites, everyone who you know, love and watch are already over there. So rockfin.com slash IND left news. Check that out. Um, look at that fisheye lens on the bong cam. Woo. Um, I know. Speaking of coffee, I think Oz for more media sells some of that. They do. You guys should go ask him about that. They do sell some um, kind of, you know, dolphin free, locally roasted. Um, you know, dolphin free. So hopefully the tuna is um, the, the the tuna and the coffee are dolphin free both. Yeah. Um. So. So. Don't be rude. Oh. I just felt like hitting a sound effect. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. We're at the three shot now, and now let's go to our thumbnail for the next segment, which is oh, two more Truth Out articles today, uh, this this week. Um, Truth Out's been doing really well, killing it lately. Let me, ah, slideshow. Truth Out. And I love, shout out to Big Bad Crab on this one. Texas boils prisoners holy shit i read that i i literally did a spit take when i read when i read that 
that title because I wasn't quite going there and thinking it that way, but that's certainly a way to describe it for sure. All right. So let me go back here and let's get to our article. And what the hell are we talking about? Um, hold on. There were two articles in Truth Out this week, like I said. First one was talking about prisons. That in the brutal yeah. summer heat. Now, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Texas prisons. Uh, Texas oh, heat. Yeah, well, you talked about uh, hospitals and schools having this problem now. Well, that, that was in California, where they have to make like a heat plan. But... Yeah. Um, this reminds then, me of... In... In Louisiana, in New Orleans, during a big storm, everyone remembers that, Katrina. Sure. You know, that's where George Bush didn't care about black people. You know, um, they, Angola, which is people around there definitely know Angola. It's the biggest state prison out there. It used to be a plantation, literally. They literally have them out there picking cotton. Um, they left an entire wing of the prison there during Katrina while it flooded. They left people in there. Yep. Like to, uh, they just locked the door and ignored them, you know? Yeah. So terrible, terrible, terrible. That might help. We have like an issue with feeling like certain people deserve like beyond like just the punishment, like deserve to suffer, deserve to not get help. Um, Because, you know, when you say that, I also remember there was a whole wing of hospitals. There were several wings of certain types of like disabled people, um, obese people, people who had certain mental health issues were left, right, also at that same time. Mm -hmm. And when you argue for things like prison rights, people argue back saying, well, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that because in their mind, being separated from the population or, you know, having all of these other things that people are suffering from, that's not the the only suffering. That's not the real suffering. The real suffering is that kind of torture that occurs while you're locked up. While you're locked up, you're, you're scared you're going to get raped. While you're locked up, you're not getting the proper nutrition. While you're locked up, you're scared you're going to die from like dehydration or whatever. People have come to not only accept that, but expect it. So arguing against it is really an uphill battle because people have really dehumanized certain populations and yeah. the prison population is absolutely a main one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to look at what they did yeah. during COVID too, but here... Days of extreme heat. No, what we talked about was two weeks ago, the governor of Texas passed this law, this Death Star law that was passed by the Texas House and Legislature, all right, that eliminated water breaks that the uh, the, the municipalities were requiring for construction workers, like a 10-minute break every two hours or whatever, and they eliminated that. So this is kind of following up to that. Both Houston sued them, but on top of that, there was also this article by Victoria Law and Truth Out about how days of extreme heat without access to enough water and cooled air become deadlier for an aging prison population. And that's what one of those cells looks like. And it just literally becomes an oven. Uh, similar to this is one similar yeah. to the where a prisoner in Fort Bend County Jail in Richmond, Texas com- committed suicide. That's nice. Um, 
Shortly after midnight this, this past Friday, guards found 37-year-old Elizabeth Haggerty dead in her un-air-conditioned un Texas prison cell. The day before, temperatures had reached nearly 100 degrees. She was scheduled for parole on August 2nd. She had been sentenced to four years in prison for not meeting the many requirements of her 10-year probation sentence for a fight with an ex-girlfriend. Her mother-in-law told Truth out that she had diabetes, asthma, and high blood pressure, but was otherwise healthy. But in mid-June, she was transferred from an air-conditioned prison to the Dr. Lane Murray unit. Ten days later, she told Romero she was feeling sick, couldn't keep food down, had lost 12 pounds over the week, and two days later, she was dead. This past June, 32 people died in Texas state prisons. I'm going to repeat that. This past June, in 30 days, 32 people died in Texas state prisons. Someone the will remind me of, of the guy they literally just locked in a uh, cell that, like, the conditions in it were literally, like, inhumane, mm -hmm. you know? I forget that one. The pictures from just the cell were like, oh, what that the was the fuck? one. In, that was the one in, in Georgia. Oh, I remember seeing the pictures from that too. Yeah. They they ignored all the cries. Okay, so during this last week of June, three people, including her, died in Texas prisons that lacked air conditioning. All were in their thirties. Thirty-five year old Tommy McCullough died while mowing the grass at Thomas Gorey Unit in Huntsville. In Huntsville. His family told him that he'd been complaining about excessive heat and insufficient access to water all week. <clears throat> that, like, murdering the poor people is literally what they're getting down to at this point. Romero called the prison, but the family has no answers. We won't find out till the autopsy, and even then, they're not going to say it was so hot that her heart was working hard and her blood pressure went up. They'll never use heat as a cause. So... While the Texas Department of Criminal Justice has not reported a heat-related death since 2012, how about that, a study found that extreme heat was likely behind 271 summer deaths between 2001 and 2019. You know that's grossly underreported also. Yep. As climate change increases temperatures, jails and prisons become summer hotboxes. New York Times predicted that at least one the next five years will exceed 2016 temperatures Actually, probably each of the next five years will exceed 2016, which was the planet's hottest year. Even if it doesn't top it, this, hum this summer is expected to be hotter than average across the United States, and that means more heat-related illnesses and more heat-related deaths. So that was... Yay, the planet is dying. That was Liz Haggerty Yay. before she... Yeah, just gross. All right. I've become one with my sweat. Gross. All right, this was... Like, imagine... Imagine if a Russian prison had this many deaths, it would get like eight A and E documentaries, you know, all day long. Or even if they were just describing it the same way, if they were just describing yeah. it as like the blanket of of like heat of you know all these conditions, they sound so vile, they sound so inhumane, and these yeah. people have done such mm -hmm. basic stuff. I mean, the first lady, the thirty seven year old got into a fight with a girlfriend like over a decade prior 
and was back in because of some kind of, you know, parole violation years prior. So this one event over a decade ago was leading to this. And, you know, if we said that, if we said that about like Russia, that would be just shocking, right? People would be outraged. They'd be like, look, this is why, this is what we fight against. But yet and still, it's exactly what's happening here. And it's so normalized. Like I just saw a comment by, I want to say it was Bad Cookies. They were mm-hmm. saying about how like they aren't scared about getting raped in prison. They're scared about getting shanked by a random prisoner on a bad day. But it's like you're not just scared of the the situation there. Yeah, that's... You're also scared of what the situation causes everybody around you to act like and behave like. Yeah. like. And that also impacts how you're going to you're sur- going to survive in prison, how you're going to be able to survive, not just physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. It costs so much. The cost is just out of control, especially for such a crime as getting into a fight with your girlfriend that ended up with the police involved so, so long ago, somebody who you probably don't even talk to anymore, that still impacts your life to the point that that literally killed you all those years later. Um, It's just, you know, it just speaks so much to it. And I totally agree that if somebody described the same situation, but for Russia, people would have a lot more shit to talk about. Yeah, and it's, we... Like you can name any of these. We we've known how to fix this for decades. Like we've known how to fix this. Uh, the, the wardens know how to fix this because they've gotten free trips to Scandinavia where, you know, prisoners get a, a full house to live in yeah. and, uh, you know, where they can take care of their children. <laughs> like, and get educated and fixed and, uh, you know, brought back into society. Like, they have a system for bringing people back into society. Not just, like, throw them back in and go good luck when the system outside is is almost more fucked than inside in some cases. So... Well, and it is. People get mad when they think about that. When they, like, I forget which country it is where they the prisoners actually have clean cells and beds to sleep in and like toilets, like basic necessities. But when those articles of like, I don't know, Sweden or somewhere goes around, people get Mm -hmm. so angry. Like you never see people get so angry. Even if you bring up the fact that the vast majority of people in those jail cells aren't there for violent crimes. They haven't really hurt anybody. Uh, They've often, it's like crimes of just trying to survive, like crimes, financial crimes, that type of thing. And so it's just, it's fascinating because there's like a knee-jerk reaction to that reform, to just even the most basic humane, okay, but as humans, perhaps we should not have people living in those conditions. Like that alone gets people riled up. Gregory so, you're, Walker, so you're telling me private prisons and the crime bill did did perfect, did great. Well, that was just you it. Know, I was going to mention private idea. prisons and, and the motivation, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. the, the profit motive to have to keep these people in a system that keeps them coming back. Recidivism rate being so high um, versus rehabilitation and actually preparing them for life after prison so that they can. And then, of course, there's yeah. the stigmas of society against uh, convicts and uh, ex-convicts and, and felons 
um, is in getting higher. What's that, Greg, what's Greg, that Greg, amendment? Slavery's illegal except. Right. You know, what's that one? 14, um, 13, 14. Um, yeah. Except we just call them wardens and guards now instead of like sharecroppers and, you know, it's same, same. Gregory Walker no is asking, God damn, that sucks so, so close to getting out, but also asking about the vaccine status. I'm not really sure, but we know that they were requiring prisoners to be vaccinated regardless of their health, which also I take issue with, but everybody was required, yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, forced, forced jab type of stuff where everyone, well, everyone had to we're, take we're it. We're so worried about the deaths of COVID in jail, but not deaths in not jail the deaths in jail well, right like not deaths to the heat. <laughs> i mean yeah. they're forcing people to do labor like they're forcing people to do labor what's a what's a forcing... after that you know well, well the, the, the medicine can kill them hysterectomies the medicine can give them heart you know myocarditis and, and heart inflammation in, in, in a certain percentage of people that are getting you know dropping dead from that that's also part of it yeah. that you're making them now take a medicine that that's I, I don't even want to. It was safe and effective. It's safe and effective. It it my heart yeah, swells with pride it, whenever I think about the COVID jab. Yes, that that's, we love it uh, so as, much. I got as our all friend Jimmy Dore likes to say. Yeah, um, you know, I got so, the infinity vaccines, baby. But yeah, the, the, this forty six year old is talking about uh, the the prison over on the Mississippi River. Okay, Ro Roderick Zavala. All right, he's saying that yeah. opened in eighteen seventy eight. 2,200 oh, yeah. men live there. All right. He's one of, the many Illinois, one of the many Illinois prisons yeah. that lack an effective cooling system. All right. No My air gets in. with a few of them. No air escapes. Oddly the windows enough. only open six inches, but their screens are caked with years of debris, dirt, and sludge, forming another barrier to breeze that might blow it gross. They have, they have a uh, work program that goes on to the uh, towboat companies. Yeah, uh, Mernard Correctional Facility. Oh wow, so that's fun. Okay, you know? so he's literally been working so, with the convicts for years. Or they used they used to, yeah. Where are they going to go? Like, I think they I stopped mean, at some point. But many after the, like a, one of the boats had a meth lab on it. The fifteen fans that. appear to be you know? broken, <laughs> and they haven't been cleaned in years. The ones that do work, so they're creating cyclones of yeah. dirt and ugh, gross. Uh, God forbid anyone like an arrow, any kind of breathing problems comes in there. But within COVID, well, yeah, dude, look at like New York schools that haven't gotten funding, and it's like they've completely only you know it's undercutting to get profits. There's got to be the infrastructure of that, like you know, what was it classically? Uh, what's the San Francisco one? Alcatraz, um, the Rock. Yeah, Alcatraz. like you could literally dig with the wall with a spoon, mm -hmm. like it was easy because the infrastructure was like decades old at that Crumbling. point. Yep. Yep. So you know. again, with COVID came weeks and months of lockdowns confined to their cells incarcerated. People are unable to seek slightly cooler temperatures outside, even access, access, even the eight ounce cup of ice normally allocated to each person once a day. All right. Eight ounces of ice are allocated. Okay. No, an eight ounce cup of ice. It's not even eight ounces of ice. Cause you One. know, half of that's air, Right. In mid-June, right. he said he had only been outside Jesus. twice in the past two months. He said, seven days uh, a week, 24 hours a day, I'm in a place that feels as though I'm wearing a 15-pound blanket of musky, smoldering heat. Yeah, I could see why it might be difficult to breathe in that. He suffers from severe dude, asthma, that's... sinus issues, bouts of bronchitis. How many should summer? I mean, he, 
This guy, it, it could kill him. That's like what they put. That, that's like what they tortured Burnt Reynolds in the longest yard with, like, the, you know, putting him in the hot box, like. Right. Between 1995 and 2010, right, Ugh. older people, 55 and older, nearly quadrupled in prisons. By the end of 2020, more than 22% of U.S. prisons are 50 or older. So now you're talking about a real aging population dealing with this kind of what heat. The fuck? We're literally cooking yeah. these people to death. All right. Yeah. That's so fucked up. A third of the nation's prisoners by 2030 will be over 50. That is... And a lot well, of them, and the, the other part about that is homeless. what's so sad about that is a, a lot of the older population that is going to jail it is for things like financial crimes, yep. drugs. Yep. It's yes. not it's not things mental like health issues that can't mental go health issues, out. Yeah. lack of health care, a lack of support. They're mm -hmm. homeless on the street. Mm -hmm. There's an increasing number of homeless elderly population going to prison. So what we're seeing here is not only are they being jailed for these basically non-crimes or survive crimes, survival crimes, crimes, but mm. then they're being tortured in their final years. This is their retirement. This is where these people <laughs> yeah. are going. Uh, this is yeah. where increasingly, unless you well, have a really solidified plan uh, that often it's not savings, but like relies uh, on things like being a landlord or something like that. It, it's like, unless you have something like that set up, your retirement plan is so more increasingly likely as the years go on to be prison where you're basically being tortured. And it's, it's like the worst nursing home you could fathom for or homelessness elderly. or homelessness worse. You know, you know, that's do, the other thing we talked about last week really was, well with that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, sending sending your social security homeless. money. They're arresting them. Well, that's just a it. That's what I was going to say. It's it's taking the the elderly homeless often who are on the street and then arresting them and putting them into the prisons, which are bait, which are ovens, and cooking them. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, and, and and that's I mean that's just one way of the torture. You know, it, it's like uh, the water quality is going to suck. I'm sure. Like they're uh, getting poisoned everywhere. Like. Uh, you know, but well, but uh, when you uh, think about like, okay, when people think about like, oh, the prisoners, they don't have air conditioning. People are like, oh, like, fuck those people. Why don't they, they can just have air conditioning. Who cares if they don't have air conditioning? But it's like, when you think about it being the elderly people overwhelmingly in there who would require air conditioning just because they are at a weaker point of life. I mean, it's just, there's such a disconnect between who people are advocating for in these prisons and what people imagine, which is basically a bunch of serial killers when they imagine who's actually largely in the prison population. Yeah. And yeah. Then, they, then you've got the people that would say, well, you know, when they were living on the outside, they didn't have air conditioning. So you're literally giving them better lives inside prison because they're getting air conditioning. Yeah. You yeah, should. That, that sounds like humane. an argument we heard before. It's literally like the that, right humane thing to do. And by the way, yeah. why don't those people have air conditioning where they live to begin I, with? I, you know, I've heard I've Nobody heard these arguments before. I I, I, I don't know where, but there's something like that we gave them quarters, you know. We we right. gave them the They're scraps. Hot. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we give them a bath and sometimes we let one work in the house, you know, like yeah, it's it's uh, gross. It's gross. So, 
Again, our, our so walls despicable. start to sweat. That's so gross. When the temperature gets in oh the 80s God. and up, our walls start to sweat. The CDC and, and other health experts advise staying hydrated to avoid heat illness, but Statesville, Stateville is one of several Illinois prisons where Legionella, the bacteria that causes severe lung infection, Legionnaires oh, yeah. disease, Legionnaires found in the disease. water. Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah. Malaria right. and, like... Matlock buys bottled water from the commissary. Every two weeks, you can buy up to 24 16-ounce like bottles, which is not enough to stay hydrated, hydrated right during prison's <laughs> first shift. Staff distributed water, drinking water from bags. That's the only way that people without oh. money can access clean drinking water. But, but why? Oh, they're probably... Why is it up to 24 16-ounce bottles? Like, you know, there is no reason for such a limitation. You I, you're you're forgetting about bottles. commissary needs a kickback. Well, well they've got to make profit at commissary. <laughs> remember what those... Are you trying to prevent somebody from buying water for everybody? Are you trying to just right. make sure people are always a little bit <laughs> too thirsty how is that even conducive <laughs> to a better it's like, terrible why? it's terrible like, oh all right so in the summers before covid uh, they might escape their stultifying windowless cells all right by going into the yard but like many other prisons stateville began experiencing staff shortages during pandemic and as of september staffing levels were at two-thirds and because of that they canceled programs school yard and chow and more time locked in a cell that feels 10 degrees hotter than outside. Now, keep in mind, we're bringing Assange over here to be in one of these. Essentially. Senegal girl you know. said it. Cruelty is the point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely correct. Cruelty right. is yeah. the point. So That's why we punishment. want Assange over here. Because people boring. work real well with punishment, uh, you know. Yeah, here's here's always, a woman, always Paula. Helped. Here's a prisoner, Paula, who understands the value and how important it is to stay cool and hydrated. She spends $25 every two years to buy a new fan at the commissary. Like, Jesus she, she spent 32 years in Illinois prisons every summer. She and other women showered several times a day. They waited in line to collect ice from the ice machines in the day room. They sat in front of their beds in wet bathrobes and they slept in wet bed sheets. Yes. Gross. Yeah. But those few options were slowly taken from them. They shuttered that, that correctional is, center. Mm -hmm. No, no, keep going. All right. I know it gets worse, I'm sure. She was among those transferred 100 miles southwest to Logan Correctional. And during the move, they confiscated the, the prison issued bathrobes. So now they couldn't sit in the robes. At Logan, the commissary sold terry cloth robes, but they were expensive and couldn't get wet enough to cool the wearer down. Uh, water streaming from the shower heads yeah. was too hot for relief. Women filled empty soda bottles with cool water from the bathroom sink and ducked into the shower to douse themselves. Jesus. What Christ. the hell are we doing here? And, and this is a really long article. I'm not going to read well, this whole thing. But then they're fighting to make it worse. That's like the worst part of the point is right. that the, this is like, that's too much humanity. <laughs> these these desperate oh, women. Okay. We go, go back up. Multiple times yeah. Real quick. Bathroom. Go back up one. Uh, we got where it's talking about uh, th this elderly thing again. Right. Yeah. Yep. And like ages were, but menopause. Could you imagine 90 degree heat and menopause? 
Yep. You get a hot, hot flash. Oh my Dude, God. you're killing somebody. I, your murder is going to happen that day. Uh, you know, like that's going to be a real rough day for someone. There you go. Many suffer Holy hot shit. flashes, asthma, and other health problems. There you go. She went in at 25. Oh now God. she's 55. Yeah. What the hell did she do? 30 years in a facility. Jeez. All right. Hot again. flashes and asthma. Yeah, that sucks so much. So, and you know their asthma is not being taken seriously because the thirty-seven-year-old oh, no. also had asthma, right, mm -hmm. with her diabetes too. Things and you're definitely not allowed to have managed, an inhaler. Easily treatable. Like, yeah. and if they do let you have an inhaler, it's not immediately available like an inhaler should be. You know, so. So here you've got a Texas like, house bill that requires prisons to remain sixty-five to eighty-five, which is a requirement for county jails, but. Now, there's a bill that was backed by formerly incarcerated people, part prison guards, but it didn't, not a single person signed up to oppose the bill, but it died in the state Senate Finance Committee. That was in 19, you know, for yeah. a while. Um, the other bills, which would have regulated prison temperatures and installed air conditioning in all housing areas, also died in committee before being voted on. So that's nice. Of course. Um, it's a form of punishment here in Texas. <clears throat> They spent $7 million fighting a lawsuit to install air conditioning, which ultimately cost less than $4 million. They have the money. They just refuse to let us win. There is no political yeah. will not to cook people living and working in prisons. Working in prisons. Like, what about the, the, the guards and, like, the people who aren't prisoners that choose to work there? And ACAB, yeah. sure, but, like, the teachers and the priests and it's like it's people uh, like chris hedges right all right whatever the laborers are doing whatever the actual prison laborers are doing there's right basic you know workers rights for that labor law for that yeah right that. absolutely like, yes the implication you're working the laundry that. you're working the you know like in literally any work program should consider be considered you know, and they're working for peanuts. Uh, I mean, it's speaking of, slave wages. I have seen, I think it was in Chicago, where a group of uh, like family and friends of the prisoners formed their own union to help combat the conditions in those prisons, which is yeah. like, that's a fucking move. Like, Y'all mamas and aunties and cousins and, you know, can be out there like, you know, and like, that's, that's a lot of people to deal with, you know, so like, they're going to have to do something. So like, especially if y'all show up for visitation at once, right? like that's going to be rough for them. So like there we go. now we get you single i don't know what happened but i'm trying to do some engineering while you're talking all right so like what do they gotta do they gotta like they do we have to literally hunger Ooh. strike is that what we're gonna have to do well they've already like, been doing that in a lot of cases um yeah which is yeah well but it does take that advocacy from family a lot of the time from people who yeah. just you know who you know somebody I, I don't know who said it in the comments but they were talking about how like the drug crimes are a victim victimless crime and you know but sadly when people hear from the addict or see the addict 
they get very angry at them. They feel like it's justified the torture they're being put through for their medical, mental condition. But it takes sometimes the family to humanize this person, to humanize the fact that they yeah. were very young or they were very desperate or they were uh, you know, under the throes of certain addictions. It takes that kind of advocacy really to... Uh, create the reform that we're even seeking in the prison arena just because so many people are are just trained from an early age if the police are after you it's because you deserve it if you're in jail it's because you deserve it if you didn't want to be treated like this well then you wouldn't have ever made a mistake right and so it's just um it, it really does take this which for their own effort. children they wouldn't listen to that They'd be like, no, my baby gets another couple tries, you know? Well, like... that's the thing is, you know, certain communities get a lot of tries. For a lot of us, I've noticed, like, mm -hmm. there's certain communities that, you know, they they get that one try. You had a child very young. How dare you? You didn't right. get school at this point. How dare you? But then there's other communities that you see all through their 20s. They drop out of school multiple times. They, yeah. they have so much privilege to have multiple kids, multiple marriages, multiple opportunities. And it's not blinked at twice. It's seen as like overcoming. Wow, you've been through so much. You've done so much. And so that extending that grace to everybody mm -hmm. else would be just a great first start. Because, you know, for some people, one of those mistakes is devastating. But for some other people, they can make four or five of them in a row. Uh, and they'll still be able to come out on top without any stigma. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. we also know the, the monetary gatekeeping of all that as well. If you can't afford proper lawyers, you, you're definitely going to get screwed over. If, if you can't afford $300 to pay for a marijuana card, you're going to get screwed over, Yep. you know, on, on something that your white neighbor has a plenty to share. So, you know, like, uh, it's it's a shit show. Welcome to America. So <laughs> you this know. Is, they're talking about the elderly like, stuff here and how Illinois advocates are organizing to bring back parole because they want to get people who are older than 55 back out of the prisons. New York, there were two bills that failed in state legislature to try to get people out the Fair and Timely Parole Act. Get, get these elderly prisoners out. The fact that they have to endure the oppressive heat is just another reminder of the urgency to support legislation like this uh, and the back-end reforms that reduce the sentences of those who have languished in our country's prisons for years on end. It's simply inhumane. Yes, totally agree. This is a really long article, a good one from Truth Out, an important one, one that I think most people are not going to cover because the algorithm doesn't love it. It's not sexy. People boiling in Texas prisons is not exactly sexy, but it's not just about prisons because Houston and the city, you know, and, and this is about going back to the story we talked about two weeks ago, where Texas is passing this Death Star law, which is minimizing local government. So Houston sued the state of Texas over this, which we talked about because construction workers got their water breaks eliminated, even in extreme heat. So... Mm -hmm. So again, this was who, uh, Chris Walker, again, over Truth Out. That's second one this week for him. Good good week for him. All right, City of Houston. Could you, could you have made a like less terrifying name for a law? Like that's literally what the evil villain of the biggest Star fantasy Wars, yeah. bullshit in the world is. That's the literally ultimate weapon that the 
Well, like it's, space fascists have. It's literally like, based on you know. the Death Star. Okay, to explain <laughs> yeah, okay. well, to explain okay. the immensely negative impact of, that the state is having on local governments. That's exactly what they're talking about, right? So, <clears throat> the law forbids cities and counties from regulating eight arenas beyond what the state does without first getting approval from the state to do so, effective September first, including. Uh, the lawsuit, which is filed in Travis County, says it violates a portion of the state constitution, which allows states and cities to self-govern, states and counties. Yeah. Right? What happened to states' rights? States' rights! Well, they want the right of the um, state, not the right of the municipality or the local government. They literally want it to they, be the power of the, the state right, over all else. They want the right of their state right. to be specific, you right. know? It's 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 crazy. So in discussing the suit, Houston City Attorney Arturo Michel uh, condemned the law for uh, denying localities the ability to manage their own municipal codes, including when it comes to emergencies. Right? It robs the city of Houston the ability to act quickly when it needs to, particularly in times of disasters or to prevent disasters. Certain things we could do, for example, in the areas of drainage for flood or flood control may be preempted, and we may be challenged, and there may be po people who suffer because... We're not able to do what the Texas Constitution allows us to do, which is for local government to act quickly to address the needs of its residents. Yeah. Um, well, secede then. Y'all right? been talking about it. Like, <laughs> secede well, and fix that shit. As a city? I mean, like, like, you form their own state? Yeah, for like a week and then rejoin. Right. You know? Like, whatever. They got the right to do that, don't they? They can like split into seven different states, isn't that the rule? It's like a dumb Texas law on the books. You Here's know? another one that 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 will likely be challenged. Here's <laughs> another law part on the on the books locally. Right, Harris County requires construction companies to keep records on safety, which allows the county to bar unsafe companies from engaging in certain projects, and would likely be found in violation of the law if it's allowed to be implemented. So now they can't, right, they can't keep track no. of these because it's now discrimination against companies that may have, they may have gotten rid of those people and hired new people, but they're not, you know, that, welcome to capitalism. Again, this is capitalism defending capitalism. <laughs> um, and fascism, how, to be like, specific. Everybody gets punished. It's like, it's not just the prisoners. The prisoners are bad because they, they broke the law. They're bad people. They're also bad. But then it's like somehow... The workers, the the poor people, right? The construction but they workers, also hurt also the company, deserve. right? Yes, they're yes, also yes. Getting it too easy. It's like you get one cup of ice every couple hours. That's too much. But then you, do, you get to do. People know the, the shade. The definition of fascism. <laughs> oh, they're they're riding in luxury cars. Are the government they're... working with corporations. Yeah, well, that's... air conditioned luxury cars that. Yes, they go from shaded tree to shaded tree, and they never the, the sun never touches them. But here, an, an oh, ordinance, sure. an ordinance in Dallas that requires a ten minute break in the shade every four hours it's for construction workers <laughs> who are out of the sun all day would also likely face challenges due to the law. Removing that ordinance would be extremely dangerous, as it comes at a time when heat related deaths at work are expected to increase due to the climate crisis. And I saw last week somebody already did die, and they said that it was due to heat. Heat exposure in Texas. Um, What's have you seen, dude? Uh, uh, King of the Hill called this like long time ago. Huh. Bobby be stepping out the car, being it's like 125 degrees. 
you know, like, damn it, Bobby. Right. So uh, other regulations that can be discounted uh, due to law is, include rules for payday loan lenders that go beyond state standards, as well as workers' rights protections and paid family medical leave ordinances. Jesus Christ. The law could also affect the minimum yeah. wage. See, this is what they're going after. They're going after the cities that raise the minimum wage beyond seven and a quarter an hour, which was a state minimum wage. This is this right here is why they did all this. Because they want the state to be able to not, you know, to, to not have cities override the state's minimums. This is a big bill intended to dismiss and remove protections from everyday working people. That's San Antonio Councilwoman said that. Law's language is ambiguous, giving municipalities the added burden of not knowing when some of their ordinances might be in violation. Huh. Even better. So now yeah. they have to hire lawyers to even ask them if it's even possible for them to continue doing what they're doing. Who's going to get rich? The lawyers. Right. The uncertainty yep. surrounding the validity of ordinances stifles the council's ability to meet their community's needs. Surprise, surprise. And support Truth Out, their good organization, Indie Media Award honoree. Chris Walker. No, they give is us too much depressing writers. stuff. No. Do. Don't also, give them any money to They call also out, have TDS. They're also a little shit Libby, but we 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 need organizations <laughs> like that badly. Uh hey, how about that? We're all members of INN, folks. All three of us, Indie News Network. IndieNews.network, INN.network. This is our link tree. You can hook us up at Patreon or buy some merch. That's a Jesse Jet tank top. You can meet our members here. All of our links are here at this link. And that jump, that jumps to another handy link tree where you can meet all of our members and see all of our link trees. All right, all the network channels yep. and where do you where do we stream live and all the social media channels that you can follow us. So that is over at INN.network. You can check that out. Or IndieNews.network. And here is our merch store. So you can pick up some INN socks or an INN t-shirt that says labels are bad. Stay yeah, or the bucket hat. Look at that oh, bucket hat. Look you at can that get the whole, whole kit, bro. Get the socks, get the bucket hat, there you the go. shorts. INN it up. You know? My daughter's been asking for this water bottle for a long time. I went, hey, look, you got a baby. INN onesie. INN onesie. Dirt and, little INN crop hoodie. Anybody want to buy Dirt and INN onesie for, for, for the baby? No? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have got one more story. Oh, my goodness. To Tommy, you're going to love this story. A white onesie. Probably not the best for for baby. We probably well, ought to make another color for that. Yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> pro, pro, probably a good idea. All right. So Let's go get covered in, like, uh, purified banana, you know? This is a crazy, gross. crazy story. Hey, there's Lisa Simpson in there. Yes, that's Lisa Simpson. Education is attack, being attacked in Pennsylvania. And this is, this is again, a wild story. Bean Boy. Judd Please Lagoon tell over, me Bart is part of the problem. Over at Popular Information, um, he's not an Indie Media Award honoree, but still an outstanding publication and one of the best substacks out there. So, and I don't like this headline. The right-wing scheme to upend public education for $125 an hour. Um, uh, yes, it's right-wing, but more importantly, the dumbasses that are getting hired by these school districts, and here's what's going on. So this guy, Jordan Adams, he delivers a Zoom presentation. So what's going on here on June 20th? Educational consultant Jordan Adams delivered a much-anticipated presentation to the Penridge School Board revealing his recommended changes to the Eastern Pennsylvania School District study, Social Studies curriculum. 
He's he's the founder of Vermilion Education. He appeared via Zoom. We'll look into who Vermilion Education is, right? They they have the word million right in the thing, so it's just funny. But I know that that's not. Anyway, um, the curriculum experts who work for the district recommended that first grade social studies focus on rules and responsibilities, geography, and important people and places. Adams instead proposed that six and seven year olds learn American history, 1492 to 1787, and world history, ancient Near East. Okay. In his presentation, first reported by the Bucks County Beacon, Adams did not discuss how teachers could provide instruction on nearly 300 years of American history to students still learning to read and tie their shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nor did Adams explain why his chronological approach was superior to the school district's proposed curriculum. He spent less than 90 seconds covering his proposal to completely restructure social studies for grades one through five before moving on to his recommendations for older students. Because that's not important or anything. Oh, my goodness. Popular Information asked Adams about his processes for curriculum development and how he came to the conclusion that his proposed changes would be beneficial to first graders and other students. He responded that he was asked to provide a high-level overview, and his recommendations aim to provide students with a comprehensive knowledge and understanding of American and world history and civics, reflective of historical what? figures, ideas, and what? events that have had an outsized impact on the world today. What's going AKA, on here? Wendy, don't Wendy, talk about any of the controversial Wendy. stuff. I smell a rat. Like, Adams also proposed changes to the curriculum for 7th and 8th grade reading and language arts courses. What? He suggested that the book's district staff... Um, the outsiders. Had, had selected yeah, for, yeah, a cor- yeah, yeah. for these courses could lead to destructive behavior yeah. on part of these students. Who's in that movie? Yeah. As an example, uh, he cited the outsiders. The Socias right. versus Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, and C. Thomas Tom Howell Cruise. and Patrick Swayze. It's got like Tom the biggest, Cruise. The have it. Oh, speaking uh, of which, uh, and Swayze, oh. and there's like a there's like a ton of weird ones in that movie, right? That you're like, why are they there? Rob you know? Lowe. Rob Lowe is in that movie. Rob Lowe. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Rob Lowe's in that movie, like with the little like white t-shirts and they got they got like the cigarettes rolled the in the sleeve it's like here. that movie like the hardest god. crime they got is someone's got a stiletto god. knife that's what they got you know a little switchblade have a tom cruise i'm gonna stab you you have a leather jacket with a patch i don't like you know well also what it i feel like kind of what that feels like um this is going to sound funny because I was adopted by boomers and one of Mm. their kind of claims to fame is that they were the first generation of actual teenagers, right? They were the first generation of people like young people with their own unique culture. Because they didn't have to like work on the farm and go to war. They didn't just work on the farm. That that went and did childlike things until they were 16, 18. That's right. generation actually represents they went to the beach party discos and you know teens have been attached the drive-in since it came out for that reason it represented that counter-cultural i'm like this is us and that's the grown-ups 
that was yeah, what that really was. So that's why easy writer, like American graffiti. Exactly. Like, so yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. This whole thing, he doesn't recommend removing the outsiders from the required reading, which is weird. Right. No. <laughs> right. But he added that the district needed to ensure all texts are free from sexualized content that may be best left to the home and to patient and to parent I, discretion. I think is in the outsiders. Right. I think there's. He said like, the books were selected by the district by would raise questions about why books with sexualized content were selected as opposed to other worthwhile works. Right. So one book singled yeah. out is War and Watermelon. Okay, by Rich Wallace. Yeah. War and Watermelon is about a 12-year-old growing up in the time of Vietnam and Woodstock. But Adams focuses on a few snippets of sexualized content that he apparently believes is inappropriate <clears throat> for middle school students. Two of the passages involve, involve girls who weren't wearing bras. Another involves a 12-year-old boy noticing that a 12-year-old girl had developed breasts. So, Twilight, though. Twilight's fine. You right? can leave that. Well, no, you know. he would he would definitely <laughs> have a big problem with that. Room watching her sleep, that's okay. But if yeah. you notice right. that she had breasts, right. that's where I draw well, the line. According, you, wait, you know so what's going to he, happen. Here's what's crazy. The Satanists are going to come in and be like, well, you can't have the Bible in here. You know, All right. that's so, got a ton of sexualized content. We got to get rid of that. It was you an know? unusual <laughs> like, approach. Ah, shit. It was an unusual approach for a consultant. The school district is paying thousands of dollars to provide guidance. Notably, Adams, who's only 31, does not have any experience developing curricula for public schools. According to him, he launched his company in March. It was okay. formally it was formally yeah, yeah. incorporated in December of last year. So it's it's actually six months I, old now. I smell I smell Christian public schools is what I smell. That's what's under, that's what's under questioning from Christian the Penridge schools, I mean. Well, under Penridge, under questioning from the Penridge school board member, he admitted that Penridge was Vermillion's only public school client. When he's asked if he has any other clients, he says he's not at liberty to share about ongoing or potential work with other clients. This guy's a bullshit yeah. artist. It's purely, it's not purely reactionary, and that's really what you see by how like bullshit it is. That's uh, like how ramshackle and thrown together it really feels. It's because it's reactionary. It's not inspired. Right. So in an he's, interview, he's not. Mm -hmm. He's not allowed to break the rules of confessional. You know this. Well, the school board like, member tells Popular Info that his presentation was amateurish, horrible, and reflected a total lack of preparation. He was particularly disturbed that uh, Adams has already billed the district $7,500, the cost of 60 hours of work under the contract, to craft his recommendations. Just to even recommend the shit, he got $7,500. So, he, funny enough, he appears to have deleted his LinkedIn profile. He doesn't hold any degrees in education. In 2013, oh. he got a bachelor's in political yeah. science from Hillsdale College, a private Christian a institution known for got its it. right-wing ideology. Here's where the right-wing stuff starts hmm. to come into play. Oh, in no. I, wait. I actually, I, I don't know how it happened, but I ended up getting an email from Hillsdale College. I think it's because it's uh, close to me, I'm, I, or it was where I lived anyway. They they sent me the craziest email during George Floyd, <laughs> where it was like 
it was the craziest thing that was like, if this is the time we need to stand up because the like black people are doing, and I was so shocked that it was so blatant. It was just wild. Yeah, Hillsdale College is not just like, oh, we're right wing. We're very conservative. We believe in Jesus and like all this other, it's very Jesus. blatant once you get into their email stream anybody ever heard of the university of dallas i have never heard of this university in my life but somehow this guy got a master's degree in humanities from there which is another private conservative school he later returned to hillsdale college as an employee where he promoted a k-through-12 curriculum developed by the college known as the 1776 curriculum which is favored by right-wing activists by the way it's also like they're attacking america good Critical race theory, right? Yeah, America, fuck yeah, yep. That's basically George Washington was the coolest dude, you know. Like it's it's that, right? Boston Tea Party, everybody. That's all you need to know. America, but somehow, nevertheless, Adams was able to secure a contract with the Penridge School District in April, which stipulates that he will provide consulting services related to assisting district staff in the review and development of curricula. He's being paid $125 an hour for this work with no limit on the number of hours, no specific deliverables, and no termination date. Dude, this smells like like handing a buddy some kind of a sweetheart deal all day long, right? Uh, so You mean politics as usual? So the contract to the agenda, the, the contract was added to the agenda less than 48 hours before the meeting, by board member Jordan Blomgren, it drew immediate objections from Superintendent David Bolton. In an email, he noted that there was no money budgeted for the contract. All right. No one from the school district had reviewed the contract, and no one involved was involved in developing the curriculum for Penridge Schools was consulting. I don't understand how this guy got David paid. Bolton? His concerns were ignored by a majority of the board who voted to approve the contract on a 5-4 vote. There's something political heavily going on here that is completely screwing over the students. Further, he said he believed it was an effort to incorporate the 1776 curriculum without the involvement of administrators and teachers. Public That's record. exactly what it is. That's mm-hmm. the only thing he has to his name. Mm-hmm. He has no other. He's like they just said, he's not some accomplished scholar, even among his own peers. He doesn't have some sort of something that these people know about. So it's like what he has is essentially this grift that he was able to jump on when Trump was so, so offended about the 1619 project, which wasn't uh-huh. like. I mean, I'm not going to say like it was a bad thing, but I'm not going to say it was exceptionally profound or was saying anything crazy in and of itself. But for me, it felt like the most basic and broken down of American history, like literally the facts, no emotions, no, like it, it, it was very basic. It wasn't for anybody, but the person who couldn't under grasp these basic concepts initially so it's like when we have this this new project that's what it feels like this is reactionary it's not the same passion that the 1619 project had for all of its flaws can't be replicated by this same thing which is essentially like you guys were just saying george washington cherry tree nonsense it's not right yep abraham lincoln yeah i mean and this is yep 
Republican, Abraham Lincoln, because right now he would not be a Republican, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, he wouldn't be a a Democrat. Kind of a distractionary, like distractionary nonsense of like people getting upset at CRT. That's crazy, though. Like, because they don't understand what it is even to begin with. It's not what you think it is. It's like one thing. It wasn't what they thought it was. It was very basic. It's like reading a children's book. It's literally critical race theory. All it is is that it states that the U.S. legal system disproportionately affects minorities. People of color. Which is literally what happens. Mm -hmm. But here, public records obtained by Bucks County Beacon shared with popular info revealed that beginning in early 2023... This was in members of the Penridge School Board were already pushing to overlay their 17 that that 1776 curriculum in Penridge classes. Right. Then they, they hired a consultant. Then they hired a consultant like, to push it. Right. Vermilion's curricular recommendations draw from a variety of different resources, depending on the goals and parameters outlined by a district. Yeah. Outlined saying we want that curriculum. And he said, yeah, I'll tell you to do that. Initially, his contract was paired for, with a proposal from board members to eliminate the school district's four curriculum supervisors. But that proposal was scrapped after board member Jonathan Russell noted that the school board is required to ensure that employees charged with developing curriculum have appropriate qualifications, which includes five years of teaching and a principal or supervisory certification, which he admitted he didn't possess. So what's he even doing there? So he told them that he was... He was qualified based on his combined 10 years of experience teaching history, civics, and economics to K-12 students, coaching teachers, and reviewing and writing curricula. Well, who? which curricula? This includes five years of working at Hillsdale on that curriculum and five years working as a teacher, mm-hmm. including time as a substitute while attending grad school. Dude, this guy's throwing in whatever he babysat for somebody. That's a teaching job now. Like, dude, he's scraping the bottom sure. of the barrel to meet the qualifications. Right. So how yep. can a consultant with little experience and no academic credentials land a $125 an hour contract? This, to me, is the big question. Well, it appears to have attracted Moms for Liberty, a right-wing advocacy group concerned about woke ideology. The, the first school district that considered hiring Vermilion Education was Sarasota County in Florida, the chair of that county school board is Bridget Ziegler, who is a co-founder of yeah. Moms for Liberty. Here you start to have uh-huh. the links. Follow the money, it's follow all, the corruption. It's always Moms for Liberty. It really, it feels like that's always, whenever we rip the mask off, like Scooby, I mean, it's, the, it's always Moms for Liberty. They could have went that? with a better name. But who's behind like, that? It, it should really be Mills for Freedom, and I think they know that, you know? Like, that yeah, except, would except be way better branding. It's the LF you know? part of the MILF that's the problem, because most, most people don't want to touch yes. these women. But anyway, that's well, another story. You know, um, so... Adams well, recruited. Like, like, half the fight is like, don't touch us, don't look at us. Yeah. Right. Puritanical, <laughs> that's right. Don't look at our children. Yeah. Right. Our, our children are being hypersexualized and told that they can be either, but, no matter like, what, and... It's yeah. so, it, it, what, what they're pointing to is so benign. I almost feel like next I'm going to feel somehow drawn to be a defending from Romeo and Juliet or some something that's like, well, obviously. Yeah. Come on, they committed suicide. 
You can't show that to children. No. That's that. That's I promoting suicide. That. And, and so, you know, so many things like it, it's just fascinating because pretty much all of the classics, but certain classics, even if they show that, including the Bible, which they managed to bring back in Utah schools mm -hmm. not like a week and a half, two weeks later. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know if any of the rest of you have read some of the. Oh, my God. Oh, my. It's Sarasota. There's. Uh -huh. Okay. I had to read uh, a land remembered for Florida history about a thousand times that had like multiple instances of like straight up doing it. Like they're just doing it, you know? Um, I, I have to remember I don't know. all the times How about, I read Huck Finn. Same thing. Like I would, I would be oh, the only yeah. black kid in class listening to the N word be read out again right. and again. Uh. Bro, Tom the Sawyer, Tim same the, thing. The um, what's the one about uh witches and whatnot? The Tempest, Ooh, right? Yeah. That everyone's got to read. Where there's literally a scene of whipping a black woman to lie, yep. like torture, you know, as well as like sex with minors, which is like absolutely right at the beginning. What a surprise you know, that, that this asshole uh, at Jordan Adams has also got, brought, uh, drawn the attention of the DeSantis administration to review math textbooks oh, yeah, submitted by publishers. Yeah. CRT. So, ready to, re yeah, in one of his reviews, he concluded that a math textbook may violate the state's prohibition against CRT because one of the math problems involved data to racial pro profiling in policing, because that doesn't really happen, Right. According to him, the math problem may be an effort to indoctrinate students with the belief that racism is embedded in society and legal systems and or that race is the most important factor in considering an aspect of society. Um, don't ever tell this guy about redlining. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Well, imagine that. Imagine if a kid saw one statistic and was like, huh, that doesn't seem right with how things well, should what, be. What the... The reason they don't want this taught, it, like, this is a problem, right? This is a symptom of the problem. They don't want kids to figure out what actually causes this problem and how to fix it, which is the issue. It. It's supposed yes. to be, this is how things are. This it's is the system, right. The issue. That's, yes. It's not like, oh, we could solve it. No, we can't solve poverty. Some people are just always poor. Some people are right. just always hungry inherently. That's just the way things are. Some people are always at the bottom. Some people are always judged by the color. It's of their just because the sweet Lord made it that way. You right. know? It's just how it is. We can't change right. it. What are you trying to do? So, so what a surprise. So you got Bridget Ziegler in April cheering on Adams' contact on contract with with Penridge, saying that he would conduct a woke audit of the curriculum. I want to I want to smash this guy already. I got to tell you, um, smash your boy. You know, later on last week, Adams appeared at the Mobs for Liberty National Conference in Philly. Oh, RFK Jr. was there. He could have said hi to RFK Jr., DeSantis, and Trump. Look. Right. Well, here's here's what I propose. That was at that was at UFC. What what I say is all the Dagestanis who are you know nice brown Muslim people who 
you know, smash boy. will fuck up everyone they in the smash room. Boy. Please let them come oh over. Oh my god! But you know, here here's what happened. All right, so Habibi, please. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> like, but but back in 2020, this is similar to how the Tea Party and how the Freedom Caucus started to go after uh, state legislatures and started to go after smaller house seats, and how they started to flip them and have an impact at the local level. They started protesting. Well, what they've been doing since 2020 is infiltrating and getting elected to school boards and affecting the education curriculum. And so this guy at this conference led a strategy session, which was closed to the media entitled the first hundred days getting flipped school boards to take action. So that's exactly what he declined to elaborate on what was discussed because God forbid anybody find out that he's telling them that you have to use your leverage to override the will of the community to implement your crypto fascist agenda. Yeah, that's what he's doing. All right. So hiding the ball. Yeah, as part of his effort to secure a contract with Sarasota, he sent the board members a brief pitching for million education and services. All right. And that begins with a letter to school board members in the letter. He promotes it as an extension of the right wing movement that has elected new school board members intent on radically reshaping public education. Somebody is propping this guy up. Somebody is funding this whole thing and it's a front. All right. As always, as always with a lot of these right wing grifts, I mean, even the 1776 or whatever he's doing project, how did that even get the same funding? Like, how did that get like way more funding in such a short amount of time as a reactionary project? They always have just so much money to throw at these things, and him included with his one hundred and twenty-five dollar an, an hour, hour right. of you know paycheck or however he's charging people for what for what expertise with what experience. That's kind of how it always seems to go. It's not mm -hmm. about your expertise, your experience, your uh, education. It's about what are what are you willing to fight for? What are you willing to put your neck on the line for? How far is, are you willing to take the grift? And it's an incredibly lucrative grift. As and this guy, and this was just one contract from one district. And this guy's trying to get contracts all over the country at districts. Exactly. All right, and he's making gobs of cash doing this and being funded. What, what, what did well, he do? It's well, like he. It's not even like we this, can say. Oh, he made a hundred page, a workbook. He made this thing. Oh, he has this game he's made for kids. There is nothing to show it's a PowerPoint. for that 90 seconds of blurb. It's a then PowerPoint. What did he get paid for? Yep. Well, no, he pitches a character program audit because he claims many programs focusing on building character now feature ideologies hostile to shared understandings of right conduct and responsibility, uh, undermining so the wishes and program. efforts of... Parents to raise an upright young men and women. What is that upright young men and women? Christian. This is what it's all about. It's all about his religiosity. All right. He pitches himself as right. the as a mole that can be embedded within the school district to implement policies over the, the objections of staff members. Oh my God. Which Dude. we have to admit, which we have to admit is a Christian fascist movement. That's the thing 100%. is this isn't anybody else. What they're trying to what he's saying there as a mole, he is a Christian mole. This is a Christian doctrine or well, yep. I mean, in a very specific type of Christian too. Yep. a very yeah. specific set. fundamentalist. Yeah, conservative. Like, yeah, it's, conservative, it's near me. Fundamentalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's very specific sects that 
are doing this, but that is what the Christo fascist movement is. And what they are doing is focusing on religion, which I think is so important because, you know, as somebody who is a pagan, who does practice an African traditional religion, it boggles my mind because we're often, I mean, in media, in just everyday conversation painted as the devil, as people trying to take over, there's this insidious. And then we also see that with like Jews, right? Yeah. Like, oh, the Jewish people, they're they're insidious. They're trying to take over. They're here worried about the government. And they're, but here we have literally- Other than the Israeli ones, they're fine. Yeah, right. And they're, and they're, Give them a ton APAC. of money. Yeah, they don't, they don't talk about APAC. <laughs> right. <laughs> here we have literally an example of a religious group who is this guy and then right later in the article he goes on to say like oh take this out i don't want people to know that's what i'm really but this is what he's really saying is like i am here to be a mole i'm here to do these little things behind the scenes so they don't even know it's coming these people think their kids are just going to public school (laughs) but here i am you know and so it's like it's insidious not just because of this but because of people who are atheist people who are pagan people who are trying to send their kids to these schools in texas i'm waiting i'm waiting for this the santeria priest to like work their way up you know because that's going to be real fun I really want the chicken bloodletting class Honey, to be a thing. Imagine if a that's going to be great. Tried to do a, an, a fraction of this. I'd if be down with that. Who, a s- sincere voodoo uh, practitioner tried to get any of this, and they were like, "Well, me and my kids, me and my community, we any of us, Santeria, hoodoo, voodoo, mm-hmm. we would get laughed." out of their arena wiccans the same thing i yep. mean think about the oh, times yeah. when there's Grew been a wiccan prayer they've been oh uh, yeah shared for laughs it is because it's funny to think about a wiccan praying to the north the east the south and the west meanwhile you're thinking about a christian doing the same thing but i mean if there is a laughability to it for some reason they're given this credence this like power it's not seen as insidious as it is but i swear if like a random Buddhist had these same, I mean, inclinations, people would have something to say. I I, I definitely think the Satanists will show up on this one. They usually do. They do. For some reason. Like, I love love explaining that to, like, a Baptist here who are like, wait, you but it's Satan. I'm like, yeah, but they actually don't believe in Satan. It says says that. Like, (laughs) uh, you, you know, they're just doing it to troll you. That's it's you activism, get upset. And they have time yeah. where other religious communities are actually doing their own religious thing. That's what right. I appreciate about Satanists is that today they have yeah. time because they always have time. And that's because that's really what they're here to do is really call out that hypocrisy. That the religion literally doing. says they aren't a religion and that you should not believe in a God. That is their religion, exactly. you know? So, but, but yeah, so yeah. this guy tried to like, like, like the Tommy said, slide that language in, but then said that it was non, that it was proprietary. Yeah, basically, he doesn't want it public. <laughs> okay. That that I'm going to mm. be your your advocate in in overruling the school boards He's, and the will the will of the local. I have a go- copyright on so casual the, racism. So take that out, please. <laughs> All right, now, here's the last part, which is how did the 1776 curriculum like kind of get into place? All right, was that it was released in 21. It was inspired by a commission initiated by Trump 
to promote the, the patriotic education in response to the New York Times 1619 project, right? It wants to, it insists that the curriculum is accurate, unbiased, and seeks to tell the entire grand narrative of the American story. I can't, I can't even tell oh that with a straight God. face, right? But according to Princeton University professor, the 1776 curriculum fundamentally distorts American history into a crusade of righteous conservative patriots against heretical big government liberals. Right. Right. It inaccurately depicts the founding fathers who owned slaves as closet abolitionists. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I can imagine, imagine painting Jefferson's story as an abolitionist. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy who raped or, more slaves than anyone in American history. A room. And he's somehow an abolition. No, he really wanted to free her, though. Right. And progressivism progressivism is fundamentally anti-American and a rejection of the principles of the Declaration of Independence. Okay. I say this as somebody who loves watching it for fun, but I feel like this is Alexander Hamilton-esque musical revisionist. Bullshit. Yes. Like where mm-hmm. you, yeah. you know how it's like black men rapping about you know being a founding father or like you know what I mean. But it's like yeah. this is not reality. Reality is, was these were very fundamentally sick people. The this George is, Washington and his wife like stalked one of her ex slaves to the grave practically because they were just so pissed at the idea that she did not like being their slave. These were just these people were so sick and it's just this idea that they think that it's it's a well it's not only that they think that they can rewrite it it's that that's really naturally some of these people's beliefs mm-hmm. that's the nina the the pinta and the santa maria and columbus and this story of coming here for their freedom and not really coming here because they were bigots and people were sick of their uh-huh. bigotry in europe I wonder if they're going to talk about uh, do they do they incur include Custer's last stand in this? Does that happen? Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope they only, at least learn about he that. Only did that. He only did that for the benevolent Alamo, reasons. He only wanted and, to help the Indians, right? He wanted to, he wanted to help yeah, the Indians. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying and they fucked him over. They got they fucked him over. God damn Indians! Right. They they were like, they could have had, <laughs> had help. They it was barbarians. Just, oh, wow. The civil rights movement, the curriculum asserts, was turned into programs that ran counter to the lofty ideals of the founders. You mean holding slaves? Yes. Yeah, that, that so would be that, that the lofty. So action. Sick. I couldn't even believe what I was reading because it's the same way as how, you know, we always have uh, MLK weaponized uh-huh. against us. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what these founders were fighting Oh, no, for. no, no, no. When that started, my mother will rem- will remember you a tale of you could also celebrate Jefferson Davis. It was also Jefferson Davis Day. So you could choose like, <laughs> no, nah, it's not MLK for me. It's the presidency of the Confederacy. Like, yeah. that's that's my day. You know, like it's dumb shit like that. This is this is Kennedy never fucked Marilyn Monroe. This is yeah. like. Oh no, he did because he's a Democrat. Like, but wait a minute, he's a Democrat. He definitely did. Lincoln, no, it's, it's Lincoln an, wasn't gay. Eisenhower like, never said. Eisenhower never gave the 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 military industrial complex speech. Nixon was a saint who never did anything wrong. Ford was a clown. Yeah. 
but he happened to take over. FDR from was a but, cripple and a loser. But of, but of course, you know, Ronald like, Reagan is the best president in the history of God. the world to these people. The he had a monkey. He had a monkey. <laughs> but, but here, so, so far about a dozen school districts, just to wrap this up, a dozen school districts from several different states have formally inquired about this 1776 curriculum, Hillsdale claims. In 2022, South Dakota's K-12 through social studies standards were changed to align with it. Oh. That same year, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee announced his plans to open upwards of 50 new charters with its curriculum. In May of this year, lawmakers in Ohio introduced a bill that would replace the state's social studies curriculum with social studies standards inspired by the 76 curriculum. Holy shit. So, like, they really want to indoctrinate our kids with this bullshit story that the rest of the world knows is completely untrue, lie to our kids, mm -hmm. and tell them Santa Claus is real. And Emmett Till never existed. Like, that's... Worse, wow. it's like Emmett Till <laughs> it was a tragedy, but you don't get to hear why it was a tragedy. Tragedy. That's the part that hurts. I had to learn like that shit from David Chappelle. That's who I had to learn that shit from. Right. Because I grew up in the South. So, yeah. uh, like, we didn't get that. But that's you know. scary is, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, okay, you didn't hear about it because you grew up in the South. But it's, like, yep. that's what they're trying to spread is that we we really don't even have, like, a basic foundation for stuff. Our kids don't have a basic foundation for stuff because the basic foundation has to be that elementary school understanding of, like, we're good. Everything we did was good. Anything that went wrong was an accident. It was never purposeful. It was never for a means to an end. And then even more insidiously, the part that really frustrates me the most is I would never have a problem with my kid going to a more, you know, atheist centered situation that was factually based. Okay, these are the bare mm -hmm. facts. We're not even going to get into anything else. The issue is, yep. is my kids are being asked to get into this incredibly Christian based propaganda of how mm -hmm. our country is how our country was formed it's white supremacist as well because inherently by erasing a lot of this history it has it, it becomes white centered it becomes racially censored uh censored completely from, my people, from any exactly yeah. from anybody else's people i wouldn't I, mind hey, we... hearing all of these other stuff if it was all factually based but the issue is is it's all, already biased the 1776 narrative is already biased. There's a bias about who's being taught about, what their, what part of their stories are being said, how their stories are being censored. So it's not so mean or insidious or this part was wrong or they were just basically flawed people, right? Because I'm sure Thomas Jefferson had his nice moments. I'm not going to say he was a 100% terrible person. Wife made a great ice cream. <laughs> oh, God. there is like something to be said about how these things are being centered and focused because the issue is is they're so scared of being seen as the wrong person it's this it's like almost the the white supremacy and this christian evangelicalism it works so quickly or so thoroughly hand uh -huh. in hand that you can't really even separate them from each other because they 
they just work so perfectly with each other. They mean each other. They're synonyms for each other. So every kid is being affected by this in schools. I just, I, I'm really, I was like, I was just so baffled by this whole situation, not just paying a charlatan such an exorbitant amount, which by the way, everybody remember, this is not a meritocracy. This man with no education, with no qualifications, making so much money <laughs> to speak drivel should make every person who feels like they're struggling, at least you know it's not you. It's this situation and it's working by design. It's this system and it's working by design. It's so sick to me that he feels qualified and he's like offended that anybody's even questioning him that to the point where he's exaggerating his skill he's like I've I was a sub for x amount of years I worked at the same college I went to for x yeah. amount. how of dare years. you how yeah. dare you question me but yeah the people the scholars who wrote the 1619 project he doesn't care that you've questioned them and their expertise look I listened to 18 hours of Jordan Peterson I know what I'm talking about <laughs> right, I read Ayn Rand. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, and I read Outlanders, like, and I didn't like it. Okay, <laughs> I I guarantee you that we didn't know those blankets had polio. Like right. you know, <laughs> if we did. It was the right thing to do. Okay, right. that's, the, that's what we're arguing against. Even Always. if we yeah. did. It, it was the right thing, oh. to do, but how dare you question that or belittle anybody who made such a sick decision? Unreal. Uh, he said, okay, I've been chomping at the bit to respond since I picked up my customers for an hour ride. Uh, first, Abbott and Texas, <laughs> Texas, Abbott and Texas legislation is a motherfucker. Um, workers might have to walk off the job if they're denied water breaks, so the law says it's not mandatory. Business offers it. Workers can use that as leverage to use against businesses to withhold labor unless you offer water breaks. Also looking out for prisoners without the general populace, not in prison. Those same services first will be a hard sell regarding education. Look, never estimate the curiosity of underestimate the curiosity of a child trying to hide the information from children nowadays during the mobile internet age, give a better chance trying to shield them from porn sites, all the toothpaste is out of the tube. They're losing it and they know it or they're losing. So yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, and then also, let's do this and go slideshow. <laughs> this week we'll wrap this up. Uh, we've got Monday. I think we're gonna have politically homeless. Greg's been talking about you know he needs a break or so. He's got a lot of stuff going on. I don't know. Tuesday night is Seuss Talica on American Tradition, ten o'clock. I cannot wait for this. I got three stories that I sent to Jesse. Dr. Seuss stories, and he's got three Metallica stories. He wants to play acoustically, so Seuss Metallica is born. Uh, Wednesday night, INN News, Colin and Reef. Thursday night, Bread and Circuses, we'll have Chris for sure doing some stories. Friday, we've got Angel in the Afternoon, and, and the rebrand and the new show did very well. He had the most viewers he's ever had. He was so psyched about that. Check that out. Then in the afternoon, we're going to have uh, the Politics of Survival with, with Tara Reid. Uh, she's going to have... A somebody a, I know who it is. She sent it over to me. So stay tuned for that. Friday night, boats smashing another boat. So basically what you just saw, we're gonna run as its own show on Friday night for like an hour. 
Uh, Saturday night's yeah. bitch, bitch with Comrade Misty. You can go back and see this past Saturdays and Sundays. We'll be back here next Sunday night for How Do We Miss That? And who knows who will be with us then. So, um, yep. yeah, man, this ran long, I know. Thank you, everybody, for for hanging with us. And it was such a blast to hang with Tatami. And thank you for sticking with us for geez, close to four hours between when we started uh, the, the pre-call. <laughs> Um, I literally said we shouldn't keep her four hours. But I never, know, I never expected it to be this. We haven't done this in a while, but this was a lot of fun, and we'll we'll have to do this yeah. again. Um, the Tommy's going to be doing some more stuff for INN. She's going to be pre-recording some stuff, sending it over to me. I'll post-produce it and and put it up to INN exclusive. Um, we may have her do some other stuff on the network. She may join some other shows, maybe some INN news. Who knows? So stay tuned for that, and definitely check out the Tommy's diary. Uh, that channel on YouTube and find her everywhere. She's on the INN members list and you can find all her links and everything there. Um, all right. Reef, you got anything else you wanted to cover to Tommy? No. Um, people should go check out Tara's last stream. Otherwise. Oh yeah. With Che Bose. Um, We're going to have clips coming out this yeah. week for that. Clips That'll will come out this week for this. Uh, podcast will be up probably tomorrow. Uh, or or Tuesday because I it's late. I probably gotta get the rest. We'll have Colin back. INN News Wednesday. Yep. So you know, cool everybody. Doing. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say always to question everybody's motivations and uh, have a great night, everyone. Thank you. Keep listening. What little birds have to tell you. Good night, fam. Good night. Bye, have a great time. Indie News Network, collaborative family of independent content creators. Co-hosted normally by me, Indy. I'm founder and editor of Indie Left News and Indie Media Today. I got Reef Freeland sitting next to me. At Kennedy News. It's Andrew Rivera on the Handsome Cynic. Politics and survival. Uh, my name is Jesse Jett. It's American tradition. Subspace Monkeys, welcome to Political Fight Club. I'm Robert Durden. There, I mean, I mostly make art for INN. Big Man Crab Joe. Keep up those great videos. Hey guys, it's Yeti. Uh, coming at you. Hello, my name is Lucy from Big Moon Red Wine. This is Chris Legion. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowing pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track And I'm only looking back thinking What did they actually say?